Take two. Welcome to the Personal Jukebox Podcast. I am Simon. I'm here to look at Radiohead's OK Computer. Joining me is going to be Mr. Stuart Boyd. How are you doing? Scraping par on the golf course of life. Yeah. And yourself. <laughs> Bit weird. Well done. <laughs> We're here to look at Radiohead's OK Computer, but we've got a couple of little bits to talk about first. Do what you're drinking tonight. Oh, Tonight's vocal cord lubrication, yes. quick shout out yes. uh, to Mrs. Anna Hawkins. Had a few events going on um, recently and everyone's been buying me craft beer. So, um, nice bit of Tidy <laughs> Rebels Pineapple Express IPA. It looks very funky, I must say. It, it is. It uh-huh. is. Well, well, well you, had, you had a little bit of a sample yeah, earlier yeah, on, yeah. didn't you? It's, I had a sample. It's nice, man. I'm not an IPA guy, but that it's got a nice zing to yeah, it. I like it. tried in vain for... The best part of 20 years, haven't I, to get you into... Um... <laughs> to get me to not drink cider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Stu is back with me on an episode today. Um, obviously, last time we looked at Pearl Jam's Vitality album. Um, it's been doing rave reviews, especially on the American listeners. It's the most popular downloaded episode for American listeners to the show. Really? Yeah, really. Um, they must like Pearl Jam, or as they would say, Pearl Jam... I spoke to you before, and you wanted to clarify the writing of the Pearl Jam album. Oh, oh. <laughs> just to clarify this intro here, this is take two, isn't it? Yeah, this uh, is this. take two. Yeah. We've been we've been going for ten minutes, <laughs> uh, so and let's bring it back. Bit of, bit of gremlins in the system, but yeah. Well, you said you were going to hold me to account for that rating. Yeah, you? I think I think nine was high. That's all yeah. I'll say. Yeah, you kind of caught me off guard with that. To be honest, I'm a bit more prepared today. <laughs> Um, that you were going to do that, but they're such a seminal band and such a seminal album for me. That was yeah. kind of like my personal value. I like what you did with uh, with Gaz yeah. on the uh, on the Metallica episode, and I kind of thought, why didn't you do that with me? <laughs> I probably <laughs> like, didn't think about yeah, it at the time. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're not you're not an innocent party. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, well, if we're going to look back at that again, just to, yeah. just to clarify from a couple of episodes ago, yeah. what would you do with your writing yeah. then? Personally, for me, yeah, as in subjective, because we've talked about this, and objectivity is overrated. Yes, of um, course, I do agree with you. For me, and where it stands in my pantheon, it's a nine point five. Objectively, I'd put it somewhere nine point five. Yeah, nine point five still. It's a go-to. Yeah, but objectively. Yeah, taking the uh, the personal context out of it and looking yeah. at it as purely as an out. If I was coming to it for the first time today, yeah, yeah, yeah. it'd be an eight. An eight. Yeah, yeah. I think I went seven. So yeah. yeah. Did you did you say I can't remember off the top of my head now if that was your favourite Pearl Jam album? Top three. Yeah. It fights it out with no code for number two. Okay. I listened to Yield today. Oh yeah. That was I think that's the first time I'd listened to it all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know really. On first listen, I'd have to listen to it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's got some classics. It's got one of my least favourite Pearl Jam tracks of all time on it. Yeah. Which one was that? It's Pilot. 
Okay. Oh, yeah, yes, actually, I do remember yeah. the track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot going on there. Yeah. But, uh, the other kind of... Um, caveat asterisk to uh to the end of the pod last time is we've been drinking in small amounts <laughs> embarrassingly small amounts i mean um <laughs> you and i at the turn of the century would be absolutely mortified yeah. oh yeah, what yeah would completely <laughs> but it was kind of uh yeah the, i thought the alcohol was kind of taking control at that point wasn't it <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll give you that one yeah. actually well, we'd be mortified at that i mean if there's any sort of like young Taylor Swift and Kendrick Lamar, (laughs) mega fans who are using this. There'll be at least one out there who's using this podcast as a... um as a route to feel their way into the old music like we might have done at a certain point in time they'd have been even more mortified to hear what we were talking about when the microphones were off (laughs) i mean it was all sort of conservatory slate roofs and um composite doors and (laughs) yeah you did actually um, say i said that to lindsay when i went up we said i said oh boy i'd really like your front door she's like i I told you that was worth the money oh Oh, there's a whole other pod to be done with regards to... On home improvement. Yeah. We might have a little little sideline here going on in um, in property investment um, tips and horror stories. Right. Well, to get back to the point at hand, um, yeah, Pearl John writing. In, in preparation for listening to Camp Compute, I look back at, at other albums. Over the past two weeks, I've spent a lot of time listening to albums which had been critically praised, shall we say, or held up. Um, in that, I listened to a couple of Led Zeppelin albums, uh, House of the Holy and Led Zeppelin 4. I listened to... Um, I even listened to Dark Side of the Moon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I listened to Big Dark... influence on the album we're going to talk about that, today. That's kind of why mm. I listened to that. Dark Side of the Moon. I listened to um, the Pixies' second album. Do a little. Yeah, do a little. Oh, I listened yeah. to that, because that's another one held up. Um, uh, the Cure. Disintegration. Yeah. Now. Now we're talking. Now. The real stuff. I have never really ever listened to The Cure before. That, that I listened to that album and it, it blew me away. I thought it was really, really, really good. I, a, a healthy recommendation to anybody out there. It, it may need a bit of work to get into, I suppose. But, I don't know, the first track, the, the, the big songs everyone's going to, you can't go wrong on a classic album. Absolutely definitive. Album of the 80s. Uh, yeah, because it was 80... 18, I want to say 89. Yeah, I think it might have been 89. T- to me, The Cure were always um, Friday I'm in Love yeah. and Rob Newman's piss take on the Mary Whitehouse experience well, when him and Badil were on that, like, back, back, ni- early to mid-90s kind of thing. I was probably in bed by 10 o'clock when, <laughs> that, when that was on BBC Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was BBC Two. I'm sure, what's his name, Hugh Dennis, and the other guy was on it as well. The Mary Whitehouse experience, I'm sure it was called. It was one of the first, when I was getting, I'm sure, like Gibbo and Keith and people when we were around like that last couple of years of school kind of thing. Yeah. Watching that. Yeah, you were a couple of years ahead of the curve with me. I mean, by the time I hit that, it was like Euro trash and the girly show. <laughs> I've still got in my loft. It's somebody's um, signed copy of Newman and Badil live. They, signed, they must have taken it to get them to sign it, but I own it now. I didn't half inch it, I just like got left with it at some point and I've just held on to it. It's not worth a penny, I can imagine. Ooh. Many, many years ago, uh-huh. went to see a band at JB's. Yeah. Um, and it was a three band bill and we got there for the opening band. Yeah. And they were okay. Mm-hmm. Um, there were about twenty people in the place. Um It was a band. Or is that after, part of the, that, uh, this yeah. is the okay. th- this is the end of it, but yeah. um went to the merch stand, 
Mm-hmm. Um, their album was about six quid. And this is in the days when CDs were like 12 to 15 quid a pop. Oh, okay. Um, so I thought they were, they were decent. Six quid's not a bad outlay. I'll yeah, have yeah. some of this. And it was on a, on a label called Visible Noise. Was this them selling their own yeah, CDs? Yeah, yeah. Like a merch stand. stand. Yeah, 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 it was on a label called Visible Noise. Yeah. And in about the subsequent three months, they comparatively blew up. Mm-hmm. They were signed away by Virgin. Virgin withdrew their band, their uh, album from uh, circulation. Yeah. Minor circulation as it was. Yeah. Remixed it and put it back out. And they got quite a decent um, fan base in the years, in the following years. Yeah. Regular on um, on your music channels as used to be. Uh-huh. And I've had this album sitting in my house. Uh-huh. And I've got, I've got this band's original, for their first album, the original mix, re- original release on not, Visible Noise. Not mine, yeah. libel release, yeah. yeah. This is going to be worth a few quid. Mm-hmm. That band was Lost Profits. <laughs> so I've got that in my attic now. You couldn't give it away, could you? Rightly so. Rightly so. It's less than worthless. Well, yeah. One of the episodes I did with, with Ning, with Lost Profits, came up in that. Because I said, how good must the, the rest of the band be? Yeah. You know what I mean? I read somewhere that they've kind of they've started again okay. um, with like, other different members on yeah. a different name. I'm not aware, but best of luck to those guys because... That, that that's a that's a horrible break to catch, isn't it? <laughs> in, in any line of work, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, if you get tarred with that shitty stick, it's sticking. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lost Genuinely profit. thought that would be worth a few quid to a mega fan one day, and yeah, they'd throw it at you there, wouldn't they? Rightly so. Was, was it signed as well? No, no, I know it wasn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, computer. That's what we're doing today. It was a number one album for Radiohead. It was two weeks at number one. It spent 100 weeks initially on the UK album charts. It was released the middle of 97, um, around the time, I would say, when The Verve and when Travis changed to do that kind of music. And I think Radiohead was sort of... It was like that tail end of it, wasn't they it? They were lumped in with that crowd, I think, up to yeah. including this album. My timeline's all over the place. I was mm. thinking about sort of the context around how I got this album and got into it. Did you have this at the time of release? Bought it on the day of release. How Did that you came, really? Yeah. Are you how, into then? How that came about. Yeah. It's kind of the story of why I'm a bit of a culture whore as well, to be fair. <laughs> is um, My grandparents lived in Stranraer, which is on the uh, west yes. coast of Scotland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my grandfather had a heart attack in the, uh, in the late 80s. Okay. So basically every school holiday and the like, we were up in Stranraer at, don't want to disparage the place, but bit of a one-horse town. Yeah, but yeah. very beautiful. <laughs> Part of, yeah. yeah. They filmed bits of the Wicker Man there, so there, there you go. Yeah. Um, so not a lot to do there. So yeah. used to save my pennies back. We covered in like the previous cast that I was a bit of a tape buyer back in those days because when you don't have a great deal of disposable income, yeah. you've got to make that cash go. And I was consuming yes. everything I could back at of that course. time. Yeah. Um, so I was a tape buyer back in those days. Mm. When we get up there, I'd buy music. I'd buy stuff to For read. I'd just immerse myself while we were up there. Yeah. Um, and I actually bought um, the Benz from John Menzies in Stranraer, and it was in a bargain bin. It wasn't all that long before OK Computer actually came out. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. I can't quite remember what else was in that trip. Yeah. But I seem to recall... Um, <laughs> 36 Chambers by the Wu-Tang Clan, also being in that bargain bin and picking <laughs> yeah. that up at the time. Yeah. Um, and we talked a bit about 
how I was a bit disconnected from Britpop yes, at the yes, time. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know, my perception of Radiohead was someone who, like you say, was a little bit outside that bubble, far enough outside the bubble mm. to kind of give... You obviously like Pablo Honey before, yeah? I hadn't heard Pablo Honey before. Oh, you hadn't? Yeah, I heard okay. Creep. Everybody yeah, heard Creep. Creep yeah. yeah. So kind of picked it up on that basis. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'd heard something from Radiohead on a sampler from Q. Okay. Q mag- the recently uh, recently deceased Q magazine. Hang on, just put a pin in that for a second. Okay. That was something we were meant to talk about last time. Okay. Before you came round here, Q had just finished, hadn't it? Yeah. They'd announced their yeah. final um, episode, not episode, the final, final issue. issue. Yeah. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, sad times. I mean, kind of what I attribute a lot of my musical palette today Q was kind of the beginnings of that because with those trips up to the Scottish West Coast, yeah, that would be one of the publications that I'd buy. Plenty of reading material. Yeah, rinse yeah. it from cover to cover, yeah. play the samplers on there. Uh-huh. Q was basically responsible when I was 15, 16 yeah. for, if it wasn't for Q, basically, Kerrang would have dictated what I thought was good music. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, Kerrang's still sticking in there, isn't it? It's still plugging away. It's like the last bastion of the old world, isn't it? Do you think it's because... Nice hit. Um, do you think it's because Kerrang are far more willing to... I don't know, like... Move with move, the times? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I always used to buy Kerrang going back as well. Um, and then I think probably around... Oh, it was doing... Maybe Corn, Marilyn Manson, or it's what kept them going. They they embraced new metal, didn't they? they yeah, they did. It. I mean, I didn't initially, so yeah, it um, yeah. But Kerrang, fair play. But yeah, Q, I was you know, it's quite disappointing, obviously, to see stuff not yeah, going defi- to be out anymore. Yeah, definitely, it's um... classic rock still going as well. I see that at the services all the while. Classic rock magazine. I bought the last issue of Q just for um, nostalgia's sake yes. and for posterity. Yeah, it was and... a cover star. It was a shot of loads of old issues piled up. Okay, So yeah. there was no yeah. undercover. They rerun a lot of classic interviews from over the years. Yes, but they did, yeah. As an insert, oh, there were so many adverts for Mojo. And okay. subscription offers for Mojo. It's yeah. Like, oh, they bought up all the advertising space and re- <laughs> was like, we're taking all your yeah, readership. Yeah, Mojo, that's still a thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I kind of think of Mojo as the total film to Q's empire kind of thing. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. that makes sense. I could yeah. be way off there, but the ruthless, ruthless marketing there was... Yeah, the, yeah. They they're ravaged not, that corpse. They are proper the same, vulture. Are they not the same publishing house? Possibly. I think they could be. Because, you know, you get... Um, magazinesubscriptions.com or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah, I'm sure they're always ones that you can pick from. Yeah, this used to be the way we got this info back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's where my Radiohead journey started. This was an impulse purchase from a yeah. bargain bin because it kind of filled up my budget. I'd read about the in queue and loved the bends. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of talked a bit on the sort of aborted first take, didn't mm-hmm. we, about... Um, on the bends, we gushed a bit over uh, Street Spirit, didn't we? Yes, Street. The bends is very, very good. I, as I said, I well, yeah, we're going back to this now. I think the bends is a better album than OK Computer. I'll say that straight up now. My problems with OK Computer uh, are that I think the sequencing's out a little bit. That's that's one thing. But hang on, let's just let's just have a look at the the other albums for a second. You got Pablo Honey. Anyone can play guitar. Um, Pop is Dead and Creep are probably the, the three more known songs, shall we say? Off yeah, it. probably yeah. the first two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got to be honest, I couldn't really tell you what that third one sounds like. Okay. Um, as I said to you before, anyone can play guitar. Just 
Sounds like it's written by two different people. Yeah. The the verse and the chorus are just completely different, with the chorus akin to a, a levelers kind of thing. I, I don't know. Um, the Benz, yeah, really good. Big singles, good singles off it. I mean, that album got to number four in the charts. High and Dry, Fake Plastic Trees, Street Spirit, uh, My Iron Lung as well was a single off there, and Just. Just. Uh, yeah. Just, which is a far better version than that Ronson shite that came out. Um, did Ronson do that? Ronson did like um, a version of Just. I'm well. willfully ignorant of anything that Ronson touches, to be fair. <laughs> That's proper hipster parade stuff, yeah. that is. But yeah, uh, and obviously after this album, uh, <laughs> Radiohead went on to do Kid A, uh, which probably split a fan base even more, maybe, yeah. should we say? Yeah, they kind of hint at that direction on this album, and I'll probably go on to elaborate on this a bit more. But part of the reason I think this is sort of. Like Radiohead's defining album mm-hmm. is because I think it's the best mix. They'd be all about the atmospherics yes. after this album. They've, they're very big on the multi-instrumentation, yeah. building kind of soundscapes. And I think very from so. where they came from with the Benz to where they'd go with Kid A and beyond after this, I think this album is the perfect mix of those atmospherics and big hooks. Mm, big yeah. hooks are underrated. Oh, there's, there's some real, real highs on this album. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not, not going to say there isn't. Just following on from that, just one second. Um, Amnesiac is the one after that. Yep. Yeah, uh, apparently it was recorded in the same session. Recorded at the same time. It's basically Kid A, Side B, yeah, or yeah. Disc 2. Okay. So, yeah, Radiohead, they sold over 30 million albums worldwide. They're not sure of a few, Bob. Good stuff. Uh, have we gone over the band? No? Have I gone over the band in this take? I can't no, remember. first take. This is... Oh, <laughs> We're scratching around here trying to figure out what we've yeah. talked about. So if it sounds a bit all over the place, we've tried this once, haven't we? Okay, so we've got Radiohead, we've got Thom York, um, who's obviously your, your vocal guitarist. Yeah. Um, Most of the multi-instrumentalism is, um, yes. is handled by Johnny. Yes. Um, I think Tom may play, especially on a few of the later albums, I think yeah. he does. Uh, I think he does get on keys a bit. Maybe this, in daydreaming this, this album got much... Oh, what's the crap instrument? The crap instrument that ruined Oasis's career, um, the Mellotron. There is some Mellotron on this album. the Mellotron. <laughs> I suppose used in the right context, it's all right, but man. Did this come before or after Oasis introduced it? Um, Oasis went heavy on it on Standing on the Shoulder of Giants, which was 2000. Yeah, this was beforehand. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's sparing on here. Yes, uh, yeah. I think to great effect. Yeah. It, you hey, may disagree. Yeah. But, yeah. So honestly, you've got Tom, Johnny and Colin, the bros, the broskies of uh, Radiohead, as I've heard they refer to themselves as, um, Ed O'Brien and uh, Philip Selway. Yeah, we, we did talk about this on the uh, <laughs> big, big on the aborted take, didn't we? Yeah. Um, seems to be held in less high regard by the indie bedwetters. And, and I would ask again, why? Mystery. Mm. Mystery. Strange. We we mentioned he's uh, he appears to be the laws of the troop, didn't we? Yeah, the laws of the troop. So, yeah. It's weird. Not sure why. I love you, Phil. In fact, I didn't think of this in the first take, but yeah. I saw Radiohead once. Um, and Phil was drumming. Yeah. And apparently, if memory serves, it was the week after his mother had died. Okay. So Phil is a trooper. Oh, yeah. Fair play, Phil. Phil is an absolute trooper. I'll actually refer Big to him as to fair Phil. play Phil from now on. Yeah. I may yeah. have got that wrong. I may have actually made that up. I'm 90% sure that's right. But Yeah, I'm, I'm jumping around here. Smidgen of doubt. They've had six number one albums overall. This album was re-released in 2017. 
to coincide with the 20 year anniversary yeah. of the album. Now, are we rinsing the re released album or the original here? Um, it's going to be the original, it's yeah. the original track listing, yeah, yeah, good stuff that we're going to be doing, yeah, yeah definitely. Because they did produce a lot of stuff around this time. Um, this was kind of the time I discovered bootlegs and the like, so oh, okay, um, I did actually have a lot of this material sort of. 18, 19 years ago, and yeah. what didn't actually make the cut for this album, if you put 10, 11 of those tracks together, it's better than what 90% of everyone else was putting out at the time anyway. There's a, there's a lot of extra stuff on it, isn't They it? were absolutely prolific around this time. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realise that. I, I literally took the notice of it until I've, I've been researching this and yeah. saw it's, I don't know, it's like over double the track list kind of yeah. thing. Um, Some good stuff in there. Yeah, okay. Obviously, this, as we've said, it's a critically acclaimed album. Rolling Stone, in 2020, rated it as number 42 in their top 500 of all time. Okay. That was this year. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. talked about this a bit as well, yeah. didn't we? Because I came down in a bad mood. Yes. Because I picked up a copy of uh, Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was that? Commemorative. That would have been 12. To 2012. Yeah. yeah, I was in the US. Yes, the king of the dollars- retcon Rolling Stone. Yeah, had a few dollars left over. Um, in the departure lounge, uh-huh. picked that up and put it on my shelf. And yeah. I kind of had a flick through that before we came down to see where they ranked this. And uh-huh. it was below the bends. It was in the 200s or something, which just That's, I was absolutely yeah, distraught about. strange, isn't it? Yeah. Um, what's the number one incident? In 20. Yeah. No, uh, in, in the copy you've got. In 12, it was yeah. uh, Sergeant Pepper. Okay. Yeah. Oh, in 20, choice, it's uh, What's Going On, Marvin Gaye. Oh, really? Yeah. No, wow, that's a hell of a, uh, a sign of the changing yeah. times, isn't Number it? Number two has held steady. It's held its position. That's yeah. Pet Sounds. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. God, Americans love a bit of Pet Sounds. They do. Like, really love it. Yeah. Um, champagne Supernova. Yeah. Um, do I recall your one of your former musical projects covering Sloop John B? No, I would remember that. So, no. <laughs> that's another album I listened to, actually, Pet Sounds. Okay. Yeah, I listened to that in the pa- past two weeks. Yeah. Um, it's a bit old, isn't it? From, it, it don't my taste at all. You either. probably had to hear it at the table, yeah. grow up with it with... Yeah, I can understand that. Through it, the parents' turntable. You can understand how it inspired, but it's, you know, it's a completely different world, isn't it? Mm. You know. Another one, Q. Q Magazine, again, said it was the greatest album of the 20th century. Okay, computer. Um... Radio 6 rated it the sixth most overrated album of all time. Ooh, yeah. shots fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Colin Larkin. Have you heard of Colin Larkin, the uh, the writer? So it looks a bit like um, Jim Carrey's brother out of Dumb and Dumber, but okay. it, he's not him. Sure, wasn't there a Republic of Ireland under 21 striker named Colin Larkin? <laughs> like, uh, in like the early 2000s, late 90s. <laughs> well, Colin Larkin, he's produced, he's written three books, like third editions um, of his all time top. 1,000 albums, and he's given it the number four place. Okay. Uh, Is that like these compilations of 1,001 albums you must hear before yeah, you die? I think he's a bit of a, like, you know, respected critic okay. as such, but, yeah, I don't know. I found that out in the research from this. Yeah. Get in touch, Colin. Yeah, get in touch. Let us know. Yeah. Um, Come on the pod. <laughs> so, yeah, this was released in the middle of 97. What would you think... Actually, it's a proper stab in the dark. This was the song that was number one when this was released. Yeah. Mmm. 
<laughs> yeah, so this was number one in the charts, so the, in the singles chart. You've got to be a bit of a try-hard not to love it, haven't you? <laughs> well, maybe. But um, If you have a certain vintage, <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's yeah. kind of there. Isn't I couldn't it? make in the, the consciousness. I couldn't make the joke about the cute girl who played the guitar. And oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, played the piano. Um, this was the number one. The band who had the number one album as well. Oh, yeah. Hanson. <laughs> yeah, Hanson had got the number one album as well. They had um, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, their album was number one. Their single was number one, and then it could there be and. Anything more different to OK Computer to Radiohead? Yeah, it's a departure. <laughs> it's a departure. Yes, it is. Where's the love? <laughs> Where is the love? Ask him. Um, I don't know. Will I am? OK, so shall we go into the track by track? Let's crack on. OK, first track is Airbag. my first problem with this album I think it's a poor opener I like the way it eases you in I don't think this would have sounded out of place off the bends yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and there's certain it kind of builds on the bends a bit one of the things I really like about this track is you've got a raw lead guitar riff low in the mix on the first verse and as they add layers on top of that that gets lost as the track goes on. Yeah. And I love a track that builds like that. A yeah. cracking recent example, well, recent-ish example of that um, is a song by uh, Kendrick Lamar called uh, King Kunta. It's on okay. um, to Pimp a Butterfly. It's about track three. <laughs> I'm not, no. I'm... It starts with this bass line. And as the track progresses, it just puts layers and layers of instrumentation on top of that bass yes. line. It's like, it's really throwing mustard on top of the mustard by the time you get to the end of it. It's, and I love that. And this kind of does the same thing. I like that. There's there's one thing that I will not say about this album, that it isn't a production masterclass. Oh, it's, definitely. You know, I, I can't take that away from it one little bit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, the dense layers of sound drown that out. Um, like I say, it kind of eases you into what's to come. It's it wouldn't have sounded out of place on um, the bends, but like you say, the production kind of takes it to that next level. And I've always been fans of bands that will evolve their sound to that extent. Mm-hmm. It's like if you're a fan of DC or Slayer, you yeah. know what you're getting every <laughs> <Yeah>. single time. <laughs> if you like it, it's great. If that's if that's your bag, if that's your jam. When I say DC, you put in a new album out. They probably are. How, how many? I'm sure they've got a new album coming Even out if you're including Brian as an original <laughs> member, how many original members are left in DC, <laughs> yeah, really? Right. Yeah, but yeah, you yeah. know what it's going to sound like yeah. before you hear it. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. 
another British band mm-hmm. that I personally really love. They're not very big. Mm-hmm. They've recently gone on indefinite hiatus due to COVID. Is uh, Anathema? No, and I've not heard of them. Oh, they're very much like that in that they'll build gradually on their sound. They'll they'll shift. It won't be a complete paradigm change, but they'll move from one album to the next. Yeah. So if you listen to one album and then the album five albums later, it'll mm-hmm. sound like a completely different band, but you won't notice them getting there across the uh, across oh, the albums. Okay. And I think this this is what the first couple of tracks do on this album from OK Compute from the Benz. Yeah. I get that right. Yeah. So they kind of ease you into where they're kind of going with Kid A, and I think this is this album's strength. Kid A is a bit of a dramatic left turn. By yeah. anybody's standards, yeah, but yeah. this kind think, of acts as a buffer. Is that the Kid Eyes the album that's got the pyramid song on? Is that right? Mm, pyramid song is, I want to say, Abnesiac. Could be Hell to the Teeth. Oh, is it? Which Which is the album which has got? I'm sure it was off Kid Eye. The the video there was a video to the song which was basically just them recording, and it's oh, it's very really just I don't know just loads of percussion and not much else kind could, of thing could be Reckoner which is much yeah. much later yeah oh, I can't but you kind of lose track of the albums uh, sorry I beg your pardon the, uh, the videos after, yeah, 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 after yeah, a certain yeah. point in time there's a, the three big videos mm-hmm. that accompany tracks on this album yes oh uh, yeah that's one of the things that I've noted down yeah, yeah. Three, three massive videos mm-hmm. and I think this was around the time where the videos are kind of synonymous with the songs and they influence your perception of them to a certain degree. Definitely yeah. with the next track. Yeah, it, I was just about to say yeah, it's a big thing in the next track that has influenced my perception of it over probably the best part of twenty years. Yeah. Um to the point where I could offer like all the insight in the world into that track <laughs> and we could get like uh, Tom or Johnny on the phone to us and say, Oh great insight. You're so wrong. <laughs> Yeah, that's quite true. Yeah. It's you got anything else on air, back? Yeah, well, there's uh, there's a drum. This is a drum loop. Um, yeah, it's yeah, not so actually Phil playing. It's not an actual drummer playing, is yeah. it? Yeah. Part of what makes Radiohead so important to me in the context mm-hmm. of they were one of those bands that were separate from the Kerrang crowd mm-hmm. in my mid-teens. That's kind of expanded my horizons, for want of a better phrase. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. kind of before really kid a but this was the introduction to it i'd have completely dismissed anything electronic and still to this day i thought where it's the primary source of rhythm it's kind of inauthentic Uh and where it's the primary source of melody it's a bit cheesy but if it's to add texture i'm all for it i still i can kind of appreciate objectively Uh good music Yes. Um, was was this not around the same time? Were they hooking up with like DJ Shadow and all that kind there of There was thing? some DJ Shadow influence on this yeah. uh, on this album. There was some Miles Davis influence apparently on this album. Okay. I had intended um, yeah. to listen to it. was Bitches Brew. I think. Yes. I hadn't checked that out. I intended to this week for insight yeah. and just didn't I, I, bother, I, I, to I be honest. I definitely remember hearing or reading <laughs> that. Be brutally honest. Because, yeah, life gets in the way, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Same reason I'm, um, I'm more open to electronica yeah. um, than I was before mm-hmm. sort of the late 90s, early 2000s. And a big oh, yeah. reason for that is Radiohead. Yeah. And 
I fully intend to deep dive on the likes of Orteca and Burial and Venetian Snares at one point. Okay. But I know Go I'm on. going to have to work for it. And <laughs> at the end of the day, there's not, there's not enough hours in the day, so you've got to... Um... <laughs> no, that's quite true. That's quite... See, this was like 97. If, if Radiohead didn't pull you in and do that, surely... Um... Maybe the prodigy did that to some of the other like rock crowds. Yeah, and that kind they were of thing. they were the big crossover, yeah, weren't yeah, they, yeah, between yeah, sort yeah. of the rock crowd and the the electronic crowd. Mm. I know that did that for a lot of friends of ours, didn't? Yeah, didn't. definitely. Well, Father Land was a, 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 definitely was like that kind of I don't know the where the prodigy were heading more into the the rock crowd, shall we say? Yeah, garnering some of those fans as well. Yeah, definitely. Two pronged yeah. assault. It's kind of a conventional opener. Um, I've kind of anticipated. You're going to be the yin to my yang on this album. I mean, I'm not all a, the time, but yeah. yeah. I'm a, a complete advocate for this album. Yes. And I'm expecting a bit of pushback from you. And in anticipation of that, <laughs> I've kind of approached this looking at floors <laughs> or looking for floors. Okay, yeah. And Airbag was one of the tracks that I kind of thought, yeah, this is going to be one of the ones where I could take the criticism for um, kind of on the chin, if there's any coming. But it's solid. It's conventional-ish. Yeah. It's that logical progression on from uh, the bends, and it works for me. It's not a standout track on the album at all, but no. The the, the counter argument to that is you could drop this and lose nothing if you opened with the next track off the album. And as a follow on to the bends, yeah, it sounds like the same kind of music. But when the bends has left you with fired out street spirit, and then you come straight in with this, I, I you know. Another big thing about this album, probably my favourite novel of all time, and the uh, the film adaptation's good, it does it justice. I can't believe we haven't mentioned this so yeah. far, yeah. It's uh, High Fidelity. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the opening line on High Fidelity, I can't remember if it's the opening line in the book or the film, but it's um, what came first, the music or the misery. <laughs> and part of what, um, what influenced me culturally with regards to this album, why I hold it up. yeah so far is it's kind of it's dystopian outlook i mean i know with vitalogy when we did yeah. that before we concentrated probably disproportionately on the lyrics yeah because yeah, the yeah, lyrics yeah, yeah. are so much binds that album together as a collective work possibly my favorite song on this album which we'll come to i couldn't really tell you more than six lyric six words that are said in the lyrics but okay. it's, it's the it's the high point for me on this album yeah be interested to hear yeah that. It's, um, but it's it's the music on yeah, this album definitely it's with regards to the dystopian element and kind of the what came first the music called the misery is i'm so heavily into dystopian stuff now and i can't establish in with everything that's gone on since and all the con- confusion and everything that goes on when you go from <laughs> your teens to your uh, late 30s early 40s and <laughs> all the elements that are pulling you in so many different directions is um, i mean the kind of things i've been into subsequently uh, uh like Literature-wise, Orwell and Huxley. I mean, I watched the entire series of... Did you ever see that series on Sky One, uh, Revolution? It had no, uh, Giancarlo I, Esposito. I, I know of it, oh, but now I've never watched it. It was cancelled after two series. It yeah. was basically... It starts with someone coming home, a scientist coming home and not telling his family, right, the electricity's going off in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and once it goes, it's not coming back. Okay. And what happens afterwards. And it was just the premise of that that kept me going for two series, even though it was massively, massively disappointing. Yeah. And you've got to be into dystopia to have watched kind of every Purge film all the way through. I've never watched a Purge film. Oh. A Purge film, sorry. 
Anarchy's it, all right. It doesn't, I don't know, it's not yeah. someone I'd yeah. search out. It yeah. really doesn't live up to the, none of it lives up to the premise. It's mm. like the first one. The premise is so intriguing. Yeah, 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 yeah And then it just kind of turns into your uh, your standard home invasion, suspense, horror, slash Panic room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's basically panic room. Yeah, yeah. It's basically panic room. But it's kind of, was I intrigued by dystopia to the point where I loved this album? Yeah. Or did this album kick off my uh, intrigue for dystopia? I couldn't tell you. <laughs> but um, with reference to, uh, to Airbag particularly, it's a lot of references to technology in this. And it's kind of... When we talked about uh, Vitalogy and how the first track and the last track kind of tie it together neatly and bookend the album, mm, mm. I think this album kind of does, does the same with regards to technology. If you okay. interpret the last track as being about technology and like, they're both certainly about vehicles. There's a lot of. Um, yeah, yeah. There's definitely. Well, yeah. Of there's course, a big from the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in this. And with regards to technology, it's. Um, this is kind of positive in a balanced way. So you've got um, the car potentially kills, but mm-hmm. the airbag, the technology in the cars, it's like an airbag saved my life. And it's wasn't like... wasn't Tom in an accident and an yeah. airbag saved him? Weren't, weren't they originally called On a Friday, the band? Yes. Hold that thought. Okay. And Hold... didn't that happen on a Friday when he had an accident? I think On a Friday was yeah. because when they were students, they or similar. Yeah. They used to rehearse on a Friday, and that's oh. why they were called on a Friday. Okay. But hold that thought okay. All right, for so. as long as humanly possible, <laughs> because lightning has just struck my brain. Because as we said about the uh, the rating, I'm prepared for this now. <laughs> You're not going to catch me off guard like you did with that 9.5. But yeah, this kind of starts like, again, we're not, I don't think I'm going to dwell as much on the lyrics. Yeah. This time, because the instrumentation, the atmosphere, this album's all about the feels, yeah, as all the yes, best music yes, is. Yes, 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 yes. And, um, but this album kind of starts with technology, the airbag saved my life, it's an energized experience. Yeah. I'm born again, yeah, I'm back to save the universe, exactly that kind of thing, yeah. And it kind of reminds me in that way. Uh, I don't know, we definitely touched upon Alice in the last pod, mm-hmm. I don't know if we touched upon dirt, but that kind of starts. The perspective shifts throughout that album. It starts like, yeah, drugs are good. And by yeah. the end of Dirt, it's like, yeah, drugs yeah. are bad. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Proper in titles. this, yeah. you've got that energising experience on, on Born Again. The vehicles, the technology, by the end, it's a bit more melancholy. By the time you reach the last track, it kind of takes you on that journey. It's definitely got that um, technology overtures um, across the album, shall we yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, 100%. Absolutely, but... Not the standout track. I'm okay with it. Yeah. To me, it's a poor opener, but we'll, we'll go on to track two, which if I was picking two songs off the album, this would be one of them. This at the time was completely different to anything else that was being put out.
Yeah, there's, you know, what do you say about this song? It's really hard to to cover it all in in one bit now because there's so many parts. Song alone, Paranoid Android. Yeah, I don't know if you introed it. No, I didn't even say what it was called. No. Yeah, it's just that's a build up in itself. Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. Um, Go on, yeah. I was sixteen when this album came out. Yes, yes, yes. So you could be about eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Yeah, Um, I had a friend. we were both heavily into a band around the same time, possibly a bit later, called Manson. They yeah, were another Manson. band like Radiohead who were kind of on the periphery of Britpop. And yeah. they were fantastic for two albums and some B-sides. Then um, kind of fell off a cliff. Yeah, well, everyone had no wide open space, obviously. Yeah, um, definitely. I, I can definitely remember going and buying the, the CD single of Open for Business. Close for Business. Close for Business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah business. it was an EP. It took yeah. Qu- Perfect example of quality B sides. Yeah, they, oh yeah. Um, they, they strip were strip Yeah, strip when the vicar. vicar strips, he gets yeah. away with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I can remember yeah. that. Yeah, Fad, fantastic band, two brilliant albums, and a friend of mine was if a, if there was one bigger fan in the UK mm-hmm. than me, it was uh, my friend, and I remember him saying yeah. once, talking about their first two albums, and it's like, have you ever? You've never heard anything else like these two albums, the way the tracks blend into each other, yeah. the way there are segues and um, kind of interludes. Um, and it's because he felt that way, I see in retrospect, because of the range of music we'd been exposed to at the time. He talked about um, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, yeah, this, yeah, 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 this, this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I'd heard Dark Side of the Moon before hearing this, yeah. I wouldn't have been the way I was when I first heard this track for the first three or four months. But like I said, this was like nothing I'd heard before at 16. Nothing this at all. Must, yeah, this must be how someone in the late 60s hearing Hendrix or Sabbath for the first time or someone in the 70s seeing their first Bruce Lee film must have <laughs> felt this was from another planet. This is like um, just a complete momentum shift. That's just Absolutely. Like, like where we said where music was at the time and then yeah. heading into this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was absolutely unreal. I mean, there's three kind of distinct parts to this, isn't there? Yeah, kind of, that, that the, intro part. Yeah. yeah. It kind of breaks into multi-instrumentalism in the middle. The heavy guitar kicks in in the end. Then there's a choir at one point. The Mellotron's in here. Yes, the Mellotron is in there. The Hang Mellotron. on, before you before you crack on, let me just give it a little bit of this bit. Want to get the bit where it proper bursts in in a minute? Yeah. Um, I think we're more or less there now. To save that um, that lyrical bit, the kicking, squealing, Gucci little piggy, for a bit later on, because <laughs> it kind of serves to illustrate something else that happens later in the album. 
Yeah, bit of a bit of anti-capitalist theme going on with Definitely, the uh, ambition that's what it is, makes yeah. you look pretty ugly, and there's, there's a reference later on in kind of the closing stretch to uh, yuppies networking. Yeah, you know, we talked about how the visuals can anticipate, uh, can influence your interpretation of what's going on. And um, do you remember the video to this one? Yeah, it was kind of like one of those basic animation things that were really hot in the nineties. Was it not a Swedish cartoon? Is it? The, a, is it a Swedish? There's something going on there, but there's there's kind of this um, alternative-ish kind of desolate character. And you know, this album's I've yeah. said before. This yeah, album's yeah. all about the feels, mm. and this track kind of reflects that in the instrumentation. It's um, it's abstract, it's desolate, it's disillusioned, and that's kind of reflected in the video, but. You've got this kind of desolate character walking around in the video. <laughs> kid with his hat on, yeah. Yeah, he's getting kicked yeah. out of places. And <clears throat> it kind of reminds me, do you know the Bob Dylan song, um, Ballad of a Thin Man? Mm, maybe, I don't yeah. know. No. You've got the refrain of that, there's something going on here, but you don't know what it is, do you, <laughs> Mr. Jones? And that kind of reminds me of that song, but from the flip perspective. Yes, 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 yes. I, th- I think one thing that added to the allure of the video was when it was played on, on MTV or anything, there was, um, you know, fuzzy out bits, you know, like Flair's old belt kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's um, a guy who has a face come out of his stomach yeah. and they used to blur that out. Yeah. There's... And then he gets a, a chainsaw and, like, he flips it around and he cuts off his own arms and legs yeah, and, it, and it blurs. There's some nudity blurred out as yeah, well, isn't there? Yeah, there's a blurred out as well. Is it a pedotit? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it since. Yeah. Because um, I can remember, um, you know, like when YouTube, <laughs> not when YouTube first came around, but you know when you're there just going down a YouTube wormhole and you're like, yeah. oh, Paranoid Android, I'm, I'll have a look at that. Because I, I can remember that was always blurred out before. Yeah. And I'd, Still blurred out no, on YouTube? Not on it's YouTube, not. no, 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 not on YouTube, okay. no. No, the um, I didn't really get it. I, I don't know why it was edited. Yeah, shed any light. I don't know. Yeah, it's so ambiguous, but I think purposely. But yeah, I yeah, know. the format of it, the lazy, the lazy comparison is um, Bohemian Rhapsody, isn't it? It's yes. like Bohemian Rhapsody for the nineties. Yes. Maybe if I'd heard something like seventies Yes or Rush. Mm-hmm. Before hearing this, it wouldn't have been quite so revolutionary. Or kind of Waters and uh, Gilmore era Floyd. Mm-hmm. But to mm-hmm. these 16-year-old ears, this was completely paradigm-shifting. Um, it's You're wasting your time talking about greatest songs ever, greatest albums. You've kind of got the format and the progression yeah. that binds yeah. that yeah. together. Yeah. Talking about greatest songs is... A bit of a waste of time because you've got different scenarios like what's your best song for driving, what's your best song for headphones on, and even that changes day to day mm. and they differ so much. But in terms of what's important to you and what's pivotal in kind of your journey into exploring music, mm-hmm. I was 16 when I first heard this. What I basically heard up to now is four to five minutes, verse, chorus, verse. Mm-hmm. This just blew my 16-year-old mind with regards to what's led me to where I am today in music. Paranoid Android has got to be up there in the most influential tracks 100%. of my lifetime. Yeah, I can I can understand the influence. Yeah, Absolutely. don't get me wrong. It, let's hit this, uh, this next part now. And this is all the same song for those who haven't heard this before. 
tell you, listening to it with... It's very rare that I actually listen to music with headphones. And listening to it with headphones as well, you, you hear little bits even more than before. It's absorbing. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it is actually. I, as I say, I'd, I'd hold this up very high, Tyler, on this. Um, but yeah, Paranoid Android, this was the first single. They put this yeah. out before the album came out, I believe. This got to number three on the charts, which, you know, radio, I don't worry about chart performance, but that just signifies the kind of... Um, there was a lot of people, a lot of appetite out there for... Something, I don't know, something a bit new, something yeah. a bit different. I'd struggle to explain that. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, We're look, talking kind of Spice Girls era here, aren't we? In real terms. Yeah, 97. Yeah, well, yeah, we've got to be, yeah. Um, it's a massive anomaly, but... This this is their second most played song live, apparently, according to Setlist FM. Okay. Yeah, like ever, which I, I, I don't know. I'd, I'd love to see this live. Have you not? So you see, you say you've seen Radiohead once, once. Okay, um, at, yep. at their own gig, yeah. Yeah, the uh, at the Civic of all places. Oh really? Hampton Civic, the one and only time. Oh, yeah. Oh four, possibly. Okay. Maybe oh four, oh five, oh six. Okay, yeah. So it's a fair bit after this. Yeah, so. the one and only time I've ever paid more than the face value for a ticket. It oh, was scalp. On, yeah, got it on eBay. Yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, I think it sold out in... If the tickets went on sale at 10, yeah. they were sold out by 10.04. <laughs> See, the capacity of the Civic, it ain't big, is yeah, it? It's about know? 3K, isn't yeah. it? It's a poxy little <laughs> yeah. venue. It's... But, uh, yeah, two bands I've ever seen there who you'd think would be playing a bigger venue. Radiohead were one, Audio Slave with the other. Oh, OK, yeah. 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 I think... Audio Slave was weird because they played Manchester Arena on the same tour as Wolverhampton Civic. So that's oh, Manchester big city, Wolverhampton smaller city, maybe. I don't know. Maybe mm. that's the thinking behind it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else about Paranoid Android? We could go on for a long time, but this is surely yeah. where the the uh, the links to Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy come in, don't they? There's there's the OK Computer connection. The paranoid Android connection. That's one thing about OK Computer, and yeah. like the dystopia and the technology part we talked about it, uh-huh. and how relevant it still is today. I mean, even down to the title, OK Computer. Mm-hmm. We're talking Back to the Future Two vibes here. That could only be more accurate if it was called Alexa followed by an ellipsis. <laughs> so, hey, is, do you consider it as um, OK Computer? Or as in, okay, computer. Yeah. Like a, a, resigna- a, a resigned, okay, computer. Yes, you are in charge. Or is it, okay, computer? That's an interesting question. Or, or other ways, you know what I mean? That's yeah. <laughs> Either way. I don't know if that's I don't been... think it's less relevant no, to no, where no, we are now. Nowhere, nowhere near less relevant, definitely. Um, just, that is a good question. Just the way of looking, looking onto it. I mean, uh, track... One, two, three, four, five, six. Track seven, yeah. which if you were going to include it on the album, you should have. We'll, we'll come to that in a yeah. minute. Yeah, well, you leave that it's for like, when we get there. Is it Alexa or is it Skynet? Connor's <laughs> <laughs> come in, man. <laughs> right, you want to go to track three? Let's um, go on. Along those lines, Subterranean, Homesick, Alien. Another Bob Dylan reference? Yes.
It's got that spicy feeling again, hasn't it? Yeah, it's reverby, and that's what yeah. I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah definitely. I'm always big on the reverbs. You've brought the cure into it, and this album was recorded, at least in part, yeah. at Jane Seymour's country that's house. That's right, yeah, apparently. Yeah. That's, that's, that, where's that come from? Is this yeah. an, a known musical recording venue? There was one album recorded there beforehand, and it was, um, we've touched on before, it was The Cures. Which album was it? Oh, now you've got me thinking. It was Wild Mood Swings. Okay. Which, The Cure for me, I like the reverby guitar kind of yes. sound. And The Cure for me, they're the gold standard of that. But Wild I was, Mood I was very impressed by the, the instrumentation of The Cure. Because I, I never... Yeah. As far as a, um intricate lead guitar player, yeah. Robert Smith. Yeah. Considering strong. like a lot of the songs are very poppy. Absolutely. In yeah. essence. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's why they went through so many lineup changes yeah. in their yeah. early years is because Robert as the band leader wanted to He's embrace got his, idea. his Yeah, he wanted yeah. to embrace his pop sensibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. um I do hold them up as the gold standard for the reverby guitar sound. Mm-hmm. So Radiohead going to this venue, they didn't have a great deal to live up to in Wild Mood Swings because that's definitely in the uh, it's in the lower echelons of the Cures discography. Uh, definitely, it's got <laughs> Club America on there. Not recommended. To. Oh, no. It has a couple of moments, but it might <laughs> scrape into their top ten. Let's put it that way. But, um, yeah. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this track mm-hmm. before I give mine, and the reasons oh, on this, will this become track. clear. Honestly, once again, my initial the one word was meh. I just yeah, yeah. It, I was kind of I was anticipating that because we talked about at the start we were going to come from this as a yin and a yang. <clears throat> I kind of if you weren't here, this would be an hour and a half of me gushing over this album, and <laughs> everyone would switch off because no one's going to care. <laughs> um, so I kind of thought, okay, what's I'm, I'm, I'm it, expecting the height of yeah. this episode from me. Well, I kind of thought, where are you going to pick holes yeah. that I can c- kind of concede a bit of ground to you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and this was one of the tracks I earmarked for that. Yeah. Because yeah. it does kind of continue along at one pace. But then I kind of thought, if you watch an action film, yes. for example, and it starts with a bank robbery, and then it cuts into a car chase, uh-huh. and then from there it goes straight into a fist fight. Then there's an explosion followed by a shootout. And right after that, there's a helicopter crash. <laughs> well, that might be great for 20 minutes or so. But yeah. for two hours, you're going to get burned out pretty quick. Yeah, for two hours, um, you are, yeah. You know, you've got to establish the protagonist as sympathetic or likeable. You've got to get a bit of character, a bit of motivation in there. Mm. You've got to give him some personal obs- yeah, some obstacles. You've yeah. got to throw something in his track. Uh-huh. You've got to establish a bit of the plot. Yeah. Um, and I think in the context of the album, that's kind of what this track does. It kind of slows it down. It keeps it in context. It keeps the momentum going. Um, it establishes the mood, definitely. Definitely. And, and the, yeah. the all-encompassing thing, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's got that reverby thing going on. Mm-hmm. It's got that disillusionment with the whole... It's about being abducted by aliens, isn't it? Well, yeah, 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 yeah of course it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got that reverb going on. If I can sort of transpose that back to music, I kind of thought the other day when I was listening to this track about probably about five or six years ago on the old iPod classic. Yes, I've got, yeah. I basically got the entire discography, the entire repertoire downloaded to that, and I was coming back from work and in the car, and you're flicking through and 
just don't fancy anything. Mm. And occasionally you come across an album you hadn't heard for years. Yeah. And I put, do you remember Disturbed? <laughs> yes, that's in Down With The Sickness. Put on the album Down With The Sickness. <laughs> and as the third track on this album kicked in, I'm there, I'm really getting into it. And I'm like, <laughs> why don't I listen to this album more? Oh, this album is full of bangers. Yeah. And then when you get to track seven, eight, it's like, yeah. oh my God, this is a slog. Because it's those um, it's those fist fights followed by explosions, followed by shootouts. It's coming at you relentlessly like that. And it's yeah. just, it's too much. You've got to mix it up. You've, you have got to mix it up. I mean, the, the counter argument to that is it's nice to have a fantastic steak every day of the week. But it's still nice to have a quarter pounder or a Big Mac one day. Yeah. But it, yeah, it's everything in moderation. It's, yeah. 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 It's like... If you open up um, an a la carte restaurant mm-hmm. in a town where there's five a la carte restaurants, you're going to go out of business. Yeah. But yeah. if you're the only chippy in town, you're going to make a killing. <laughs> yeah, you're going to clean up. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, if um, I knew I was going to have to concede some ground to you on this track, yeah. but I'm all right with it. I, don't... I would say one, three, and seven are the mm. ones which I'd pick apart the most. Yeah. I don't ever want to see him play it live, but okay, in the yeah. context of the album, it's fine. I mean, the. The uptight refrain, when that happens, especially the last time, there's a bit too much going on in instrumentation and the melody gets lost a bit in the shuffle. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. this song's really all about the melody and it keeps you going. And But I'm fine with it. Yeah, I like it. I wouldn't take it out. Yeah, I'm fine, I'm fine with it in the, in the context of the album, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I can't argue with that. Um, if anything, thinking about it, it's probably the next track that I'd take out because I think... Ooh. I'm, I'm just not a fan of the next one. Okay. Well, uh, we, do you want to go for that one now? Let's yeah? go. Very Are you bright. hearing feedback here? No, have you got yeah. it? No, no. It's just, you've got new gear, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we're not used to this setup, <laughs> and I'm hitting all the gear here as, I, I keep, as I'm gesticulating. I mean, you, you have a clunk every now and then, but yeah. <laughs> I'm going to sit back. Yeah. Right. questions first one why didn't they then put it on the soundtrack was this not on the soundtrack to Romeo and Juliet well it was in the film yeah yeah is it on the closing credits well yeah but it's they wouldn't let them put it on the soundtrack okay because talk show host is on the soundtrack isn't he yeah that's right yeah 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 Um, Um, but this was obviously for the Romeo plus Juliet (laughs) Yeah. Of the, have you seen that? Yeah, I was actually doing GCSEs at the time, and that was on the syllabus. So, it, okay, oh, that hit. version of it. Well, or Romeo sh- and Juliet, the, the shaky version. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Bill, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bill Shakespeare. Yeah, Will William, is Billy? it Will or Billy? William or Macaulay? Yeah. Do you know the um as um 
we've touched on the transatlantic folks. Um, our little twang, it's called Black Country. <laughs> um, and that's due to the industrial history of where we come from. But, uh, mm. but there's a Black Country phrase. You heard the phrase, Black Over Bill's Mothers. When it's over Bill's rain. Mothers. Yeah. Do you know where that comes from? <laughs> Black Over Shakespeare's Mothers. Yeah, yeah because... <laughs> Warwickshire, where Shakespeare's from, is kind of to the south of us. Yeah, yeah. And if there's kind of a, a front coming in from the south, it's like, that's where Shakespeare's mother was. So, oh, it's black over Bill's mothers. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Do you know the... Um, I worked with a guy. His stepson runs, you know, all the Black Country memorabilia stuff. There's the Black Country store in Merry Hill. Is that? Yeah. There was... Um, they oh. did a video with the Black Country alphabet. They do all the merchandise with the flags <laughs> yeah, with and the everything Black like that. Alphabet. Yeah. Yeah. It came from him. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. why, really? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he told me that that was the origin of the phrase of Black Over Bill's Mothers, and I'm I'm happy with that explanation. I like it. Yeah, I don't want... Yeah. That's I think good. we need to etch that into the, uh, the local mythology. <laughs> Regional dialect. Yeah, like this is, um, this is where Tolkien based uh, Mordor on, isn't it? Because of the black skies in the industrial... Re- in the industrial era because yeah. he was sort of Derbyshire direction wasn't he and we sorry. are orcs you what sorry we're orcs we're orcs yeah, yeah. we're black country folk <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. nice um, we've got it all going on <laughs> yeah well more hit your literature yeah back back to this though Ro- um, Shakespeare Romeo and Juliet not not the Romeo and Juliet but this song man I don't know this this is this is what I don't like about Radiohead okay this song this is what they go on to a lot more. Yeah, is there? In sort of like, especially around kind of King of Limbs, Shake yeah. Paul. There's a lot of this kind of stuff going on. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's not this. This isn't my bag. I, for me, I said to you, I don't know if I said it now or before. If you swap this out for, um, I've even forgotten the track now. Off the bends. <sighs> we talk. Was it No Stream? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Nice dreams. Good. Yeah. See, that's a really good song. See. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll listen to Nice Dream. <laughs> yeah. 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 Iron but, Lung. No, not Iron Lung. Nice Dream would do that. I'd swap mm. that in for this. Yeah. I'd, I, I, I can't get on board with this man. Not this one. S- oh. It's... And, and this is this is part of I think the the whole track sequencing is out on this album for me. Okay. Like really badly. Yeah. See this one. It's bleak. It's reverby. It's mm-hmm. desolate. Again. What yeah. hits home in this album, it's all about the feels. I think the minimalist guitar cultivates that, but then you've got the crescendo and the subsequent descent into We Hope You Choke. For me, that's goosebumps. That is spine tingling. Mm. Um, I quickly read, we're going back to Rolling Stone, I mm. quickly read mm. a Rolling Stone article on this album this week, and I was gutted to find out that uh, Tom said this song was influenced a bit like Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. Because... Something I've always felt about this song is, I don't know if you've heard much of uh, the American recording se- series of Johnny Cash. He no, his, no, uh, no. Musty Cage by Soundgarden. It's where everybody's heard Hurt. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he covers all these kind of things. He covers Beck on there. But um, this is a song I'd have loved to have heard Johnny Cash cover and put his kind of um, baritone I, twist on. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't understand the Ferrari over his version of Hurt by Nine Inch Nails. Mm. I don't get it. I, I, I think I'd take the Nine Inch Nails version in a heartbeat over it. I don't know. I suppose it's... I don't like his vocal delivery. Let's go to the... Uh, well, 
leading nice hold that thought again for yeah. a few seconds but <laughs> I know you like to throw your uh, your wrestling references in <laughs> with regards to Cash and especially with Hurt and the time he recorded it it's kind of like Ric Flair you're not buying into the matches. You're mm. buying into the man. Yeah. Because he doesn't play Ric Flair. He is Ric Flair. He's the uh, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, limousine-riding, riding jet-flying. Jet <laughs> Son of a gun. Son of a gun. Yeah. The nature boy. <laughs> Woo! Ric Flair. You've got to buy into that. And Cash, with the tribulations he's gone through in his life, and he was at the time when he was... I think June's in the video, isn't she, June Carter? I don't know. And she... I think she passed away not long afterwards, so I don't know if he knew she was on her way out. Okay. But it's kind of that whole resonance around that track, the time he recorded it. And if mm. you know your history of Johnny Cash mm. And, mm. and his life and his oh, first context wife obviously and makes relate, things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Better. So I think that's what makes, but that's another hour's conversation for another time, really. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Um, but vocalists, I mean, Tom. Let's talk about Tom. Yeah. Do you think Tom can sing? He's given up the ghost in modern day. He stopped even trying I, these I, days for me. I think he can deliver vocally yeah. to what he needs to do. I, I, you know, I, I half toyed with the idea of recording um, a, a, a message from Tom York of, uh, don't like my album, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. I think it's just the conviction in his vocals. We go back to the kicking, squealing, Gucci little piggy, and you think about like Gucci at the time and sort of where that yeah, was as yeah. a brand and how they were coming into their own. It was very prestigious, and that was used as an insult. And at the end here, the uh, hope that you choke. Mm. It's not. It doesn't matter that Tom's not a technically great singer. He it's, doesn't. No, um, he doesn't. He doesn't. It's matter. just the conviction he did delivers that with and with regards to like technical singing mm -hmm. in isolation with regards to music it's for me the most overrated attribute there is the vocals yeah yeah, yeah. <sighs> you can get a get by on you know a lot less than than tom york to be honest well and people have uncommonly you get let's go back to metal and mm -hmm. a lot of people not the guttural vocals and it's like well, you can't really understand what they're saying. Yeah. Well, that's massively, massively missing the point because, I mean, even when you've got clean vocals, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you take songs like we talked about Alive on the last podcast, then mm -hmm. you've got other songs like Born in the USA. Yeah. Big one for me is uh, One Day Like This by um, Elbow. Um, okay. I was part of an organisation once that wanted to make a motivational video and they were talking about yeah. sort of the track to use as a backdrop and okay. one of the suggestions was One Day Like This by Elbow and it's like, listen to those lyrics. That song's about a hangover. <laughs> that song is about feeling rough as fuck after a night on the pop. <laughs> so the argument that like guttural metal vocals, you can't make out the content, it doesn't really matter when people on mass misinterpret vocals so badly and as we've talked about with this album, music's all about the feels and the vocals add to the ambience and it's like... So the, the vocals in this are definitely... I don't know, it's got that Romeo and Juliet like kind of suicide um Well, that's kind of what it's... It. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like if they didn't Exit make the suicide pack well. at the end and yeah. kind of elope, basically. Yeah, yeah. But sort of talking about 
the vocals add into the ambience. I know someone who's any time I'd play a bit of music that wasn't like the top forty, mm-hmm. they'd lock sleeve and you say, "Oh, this is cheerful, isn't it?" And it's like, <laughs> you've got room for the whole range of yeah. emotions, the whole ra- range yeah, of yeah. visceralness, mm-hmm. um, if that's even a word. But it's it's like, okay, you've got room for your instrumentation in your metal and like mm-hmm. how stupid would Converge or Meshuggah sound with someone like Adele front in them you know you don't need those clean <laughs> vocals and when it comes to like people say like metal vocals for instance are ridiculous you know virtuoso technical singers like Whitney Houston and Mariah Carey yeah. some of those some of their vocal gymnastics are every bit as ridiculous as metal vocals it's like yeah. it's all about what fits the song and it's like you know sometimes it's okay just to sing the fucking melody yeah vo- you know vocal you don't gymnastics, need to that, yeah. that whole thing just that's as big a turn off for me as a lot of rap musics oh, check out my money check out but you know what i mean it's as much of a turn off for me as that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely. i noticed i was listening to what was i listening to today um liquid swords by mm. the genius and to the genius as in Ronnie Savage's brother well let's let, let, <laughs> yeah absolutely well let's let's keep the ref the wrestling theme going here it's like it's gotta fit it's like if you talk to your man in the street now about wrestling and the golden era of wrestling who do they remember from then they remember Hogan, Hogan. they remember the warrior they remember okay. Savage they remember the road warriors mm-hmm. they remember Jake yeah 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 Jake didn't have the body. He no. didn't have the Jack physique. He didn't have the great body and matches. He never even had the belt. He had the aura. Yeah. He had the delivery. Definitely. Yeah. He had the expression. Like, Draw you in. Talk yeah. To you kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. had the conviction yeah. in everything he did. Mm-hmm. And that's what stuck. And that's what kind of Tom's got. And bring it back around to Johnny Cash. It's like people talk about, you, you talk about things like, TV talent shows like the mm. X Factors are, oh, this person deserves it because they're a great singer, they're a great technical singer. Well, what makes a great singer a singer of great songs? Yep. There's probably five, six, seven, eight thousand recording artists yeah. who are far superior technical vocalists to Johnny Cash. And who's listened to any of them this week? Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. It's it's, it's yeah. the whole it's the whole yeah. shebang, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, technical singing's overrated. It's like the whole desolate end to this song. With the we hope that you choke. It's just like the the despair and the the kind of snide side of that delivery. There is a lot of snide to it. Yeah, vocals, same as like, the kicking, squealing, gooch yeah, little piggy. Yeah. It's like Tom is not a great technical singer, and it doesn't matter a jot. No, it fits, and and that's what. That's what works. Doesn't work for you yeah. for this album, but so much of this album just fits, just uh, fits together in a way that you can't really plan for. It, some of it does. We, we'll mm. have we'll have this next one and we'll um, hit a break. But for me, this is a bit of a peak of the album. Okay, I, I honestly stand this one up. Yeah. Now this is the song I, I couldn't tell you many of the lyrics he's talking about, um, but this is a, a piece of music. This okay. Is.
it gets to the chorus. Pleasantly surprised by your take on this. Oh, really? I expected you to slaughter it. Oh, no, this is my favourite song on the album, without a shadow of a doubt. Good stuff, <laughs> good stuff. Um, I expected to have to defend this one. <laughs> this is, I mean, you go, it loops around again, and then we drop out, and it completely builds up from the bottom again, and that third time round, especially the feeling in his vocals. The you know where you are. Oh, where, I don't man. want to sing, I can't sing. <laughs> We've got to put across some point of reference here unless we're going to play the track all the way through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do apologise. No, that's um, that's good. This is, this is good. This is like peak stuff. The production on this is so dense. It's yeah. like the lyrical contents about enclosed, being enclosed but disconnected. And I think that comes across. The music matches the lyrical content. That's the letdown. And that's got to be such a hard thing to pull off. Oh man! I'd love to have the uh, the adjectives to describe it, but I can't. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one thing though. What really surprised me this and this track does kind of grow on you over the years as well. It's one that probably me and my teens I kind of pushed to one side and thought of it as a bit of filler. And what really changed it for me was that time that I did see them live, uh-huh. and they played in the main stuff after this album. I think they played one track off this album beforehand. Two I tracks can imagine, off the bins. Uh, I can imagine that era you're going to the radio. Yeah, I can't imagine it being a happy time, being in the crowd watching them. I think. Well, they finished with uh, There There, which is on uh, Hell to the Feast. Yeah. And when they came back out, I didn't actually realise until this week when I thought about it, but the first two songs of the encore was a one-two of this and track that immediately follows it on this album. Oh, okay. But they opened the encore with this, and I was like, when I was there in a crowd that was communally singing it and their live delivery, I was like, this is rousing. This yeah, is an oh, it anthem. Is. It is an anthem. It is. I, I'd never got that impression before hearing it. I was like, this is an absolute anthem. Okay. Yeah. I mean, part of what I've got written down here is I can see why it might not stand out to a first-time listener or someone who yeah. hasn't listened to this album 15, 20, 30 times. Mm-hmm. He surprised me. <laughs> Obviously, I was okay with the big songs yeah. on, off this album, uh, and I probably only listened to this for the first time all the way through uh, five, six, seven years after it was released. Yeah. And on first listen, that that one just grabbed me, and I, I forgot about it until three, four months ago when I was thinking about doing this podcast, and then went yeah. back and listened to it, and was like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this track." Yeah. It's a tune. Mm. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's a tune. I'm struggling beyond that, to be fair. It's <laughs> um, from a lifelong devotee of this album. The perception is that this would be one that newcomers or people who were less yeah. um less au fait with it would kind of bypass or uh-huh. kind of disregard. But yeah, that's that makes me happy. In 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 the last gig that Radiohead played, it was um 
in 2018. Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. They played five. Well, they played three songs off this album in the mm-hmm. mindset, which was uh, Lucky, Let Down, yeah. and Exit Music. Um, they came out for an encore and they did Tourist, and then they did a second encore. Did tourist? They did, That's they did, interesting. They did a second encore, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and they did Karma Police in that, but we'll we'll come to that. Yeah, in a they did um, they did this and Karma Police. Mm. Finish with everything. Finish the first encore with everything in its right place, which mm-hmm. is the opening track off Kid A, and the second encore was just one track, which is also on this album, which yeah. we'll kind of come on to. Uh-huh. Okay, um, we'll play it with this. We'll have a little bit of a break. <laughs> Nearly an hour and a half here. Right. Okay, we'll be back in a bit. <laughs> Don't forget, you can contact the show directly, jukeboxpod at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Facebook, search for Personal Jukebox Podcast. On Instagram, we're also at jukeboxpod. And leave us a review. Help a brother out. Help the algorithms. Yo! going to play Mariah Carey, huh? You mentioned her earlier, name dropped. <laughs> I'm in disarray. <laughs> um, I thought she might just lighten the mood a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, sort of take the edge off the dystopia. <laughs> yeah. Here's a point for the sister podcast <laughs> while, we've, um, while we've had our comfort break. It's, uh, we talked about the external features and I've like I say, I've been for a comfort break. I'm loving your internal doors. Oh, you like them? He's just gone to shut it. Yeah. <laughs> you like him? I think I'm pretty sure you said that last time. Oh, oh. No, off, um, off mic. I need Mike's number. Well finished. <laughs> no. Well finished. Uh-huh. The finishing on the hinges. <laughs> What's that, Mike? Yeah. It's top dollar and it's... Top that's a hard thing to pull up. Have you ever hung a door yourself? I didn't hang that myself, oh. no. No, I'm not hanging doors, oh, no. Never again. No, no, never no, 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 no. Tune into the sister podcast. <laughs> yes, see the home more improvement. home improvement tips. <laughs> link posted in the comments. <laughs> yeah, link in bio. Um, <laughs> yes, so after Mariah breaking the uh, 
breaking the ice a little bit for us there. We'll go into a track which, for me, you should have either left it off completely or opened the album with it. Better, happier, more productive. Skip to track Comfortable. Not drinking too much. Oh crap! Here I have. <laughs> nah, nah. You shouldn't. You should have uh, left this one where it is. Yeah. Get that out in. Uh, get that out in post. <laughs> or leave it in water and all. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna. So yeah, we've got um. Sexy Sidey by the Beatles. It's a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. You see Lies, buzzes like a fridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great line, that is. We all know a few people like that, <laughs> don't we? Um, off the bat, this was one of the, the holy trinity of big songs from this album. Everyone's heard this. Yeah, everyone's heard this album. Uh, sorry, I heard this song video all across MTV and new channels. Hit it, Boyd. It's the instant one, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Especially it's, for the time when yeah. it was as well, yeah. If, I mean, if you're a bit of a try-hard... You're a bit distrusting of that. You heard the new Deftones album? No. I don't it's, think I've heard any Deftones album. Ah, kind of eeps into the psyche. It's like, I think we're recording this about two weeks out from its release. and mm. Really? On the first, Yeah, on the first couple of listens, I was a okay. bit mistrusting because I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. Oh, this hot backs to the classic and it's instant. Yeah. And you're a bit mistrusting of instant stuff and... Sometimes something's instant because it's just good. I love the chord progression of this track. It's got the big hooks, yeah. which I think is well underrated. Yeah. If you want to hark back to another metal band, most recent album, uh, Tool, I think their last album Did is like really, it, yeah. really missing those big hooks. That's something yeah. that they're okay. good at. Yeah, 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 they're yeah, underrated. Yeah. It's yeah. like the uh, the drum beat from uh, The Grudge, mm-hmm. the vocal refrain from uh, Eulogy. Mm-hmm. Tool are fantastic at big hooks, and the new album's just really sprawling and okay. kind of epic. But without those hooks in there, yeah, they might seem sort of. It can drag. It can tend to drag a bit, then, can't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's like a good hook can seem like overly commercial to some, but yeah. I do think to the more discerning listener, they're a bit underrated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't go wrong with a big hook, and I think this song's got that. We talked a bit about. Um, you mentioned Teen Spirit and maybe Creep being... Um, oh, yeah, Creep being Radiohead's Radio Teen Spirit. Spirit, yeah. I think I tend to think about... We talked in the last album about... Uh, sorry, the last podcast about mm-hmm. Alive. Um, yes. The one for me is Seven Nation Army. I mean, if I never okay. hear that again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, it's like fine your... as a song. Losing yeah. My Religion's another one. It's a cracking song, but yeah. it's just that overplayed. If this album has an equivalent to that, it's Karma Police. Yeah. It's yeah. it's a cracking song. Oh, I'd probably say it's a song after this, but yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm. You, you can guess which one it is, surely. It's the other single. Oh, mm. we're going to clash. <laughs> we're going to clash big style on this. This this could be a segue of a good hour here. I'll try and keep that one brief. But yeah, um, the vocals on the second verse... They're a massive hook for me. Um, yeah. Thematically as well, there's um, 
there's another track that kind of references it. Yeah, it's the other track that you're referring to here. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll kind of come back to something that kind of hooks me into this track mm. on that one. But um, as uh, I touched on previously, um, in my academic life, I'm into psychology and the whole karma thing and the, the karma police and the refrain, one of the two refrains yeah. in the song, this is what you'll get if you mess with mess with us. Like with airbag, a uh-huh. recurring theme is safety yes. and um, kind of in the context of the modern world. There's a psychologist called Melvin Lerner and he's got a context of, uh, he's got a concept, I beg your pardon, of... Um, belief in a just world and that's what keeps you going and keeps you feeling safe it's like victim blaming for example okay. in rape you hear yeah. the uh, you hear the bullshit turn a phrase like uh, say a rape victim was asking for it yeah, yeah. and it's got to be like it's part of the social contract um that if you do good things good things will happen to you so if bad things has happened to you something's got to have happened to you to yeah. fight that behavior even though that's complete tosh and <laughs> you know bad things happen to good people yeah, well, and yeah. just the world is random but in order to feel safe and fulfill that social contract in order to have that illusion of safety we are not safe even as we sit here there we're not safe yeah. if you know a gang of blokes decide to come in through your patio doors mm-hmm. with a crowbar mm-hmm. and string us up by the nutsack <laughs> what are we going to do about it not a fat lot and it could happen with it and you have <laughs> even locked it he's Opened his door as we speak. We're not safe. Uh, we're going off piece to look bit here, aren't um, we? Isn't the Karma Police? Was that not like uh, something that the band they called themselves, or it was an in joke? They were the Karma Police, or something. At, I read uh, something about that. Yeah, at some point in a dim and distant past. Not. Yeah, I haven't retained the details of that at all. But I can't yeah, imagine. Maybe it fits in thematically. That's something that I've kind of come to think over the years. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, like I say, love the chord progression. Um, maybe the um, the f- for a minute there, I lost myself. Refrain. You're expecting that to go somewhere. Maybe it's a bit anticlimactic, but then how it kind of collapses into this mess, it works well as an end to. We talked about it in the last pod thinking about in vinyl and the like because this was the end of side one. Yes. I had this on tape. Works okay. Well yeah. As yeah. End of side one. I found something out this week because I listened back to this album a couple of times mm. and I've recently, um, I've recently changed jobs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I've got a bit of a commute now. Well, more yes. of a commute than I used to have. And after the last couple of weeks, if someone asked me, how long does it take you to get to and from to or from your new place <laughs> of work? My answer is side one of Kid A, because if I start at airbag, yeah. I always arrive, each time I've arrived at my destination, at some point during Karma Police. So how long does it take? Side one. This isn't even Kid A, No, is it? it's side one of OK Computer. It's OK Computer. We're only an hour and a half in, you're all right. Oh, it's, it's going badly. How many beers are we in? Yeah, but that's, that's a good measure of time, actually. We need to start thinking in, in this kind of context. Good tune if you've never heard it before, but... Oh, man, if you've never heard it before, then where you been? After 20 years, it... Mm. Meh. It's a good song, isn't it? It is. It is. I would say it's one that won won them awards. Yeah, Yeah, so we had a little bit of a snippet of this one before, uh, and I'll 
go back on what I said then. Either drop it out completely or have it as the first track on the album. Better, happier, more productive, comfortable, not drinking too much, regular exercise at the gym, three days a week, getting on better with your associate employee contemporaries, at ease, eating well, no more microwave dinners and saturated fats, a patient better driver. I've never noticed the other stuff then, again with using that headphones. That was really prominent in the mix, wasn't it, with the cans on here? Yeah, have you noticed that before that, that much? I haven't. Now, there's like a guy on this side who's really talking. Every day's a school day. <laughs> I'd imagine this is just... This is a scene setting track, isn't it? You ever read 1984? Uh, I'm aware of 1984. I've never yeah. read it, no. It's I, like Big Brother, Barking yeah. Instructions at Winston Smith. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's an interlude... It is what it is. It kind of, it's kind of a one-two with the next track mm. um, for me. And with what you've said with regards to leaving it off the album, I'll let that hang. But yeah, yeah. it fits in thematically with everything else that's going on. Maybe a I'll palate cleanser after the couple of slower songs and stuff. But yeah, I kind of think of it as a lead-in <clears> to the next track. <sighs> well, the next oh, track we've got oh, a discussion to have. It. Catch your thoughts on that. <laughs> Here we go. Bon Jovi. on this album it would probably be this one to me it's me it's it, it just sounds intentionally slightly off it's all about the riff yeah there's not a fat lot else but the riff on. the riff seems drowned in in multi-tracked production you know what i mean it's mm. the riff's there it's definitely yeah. there but there's so much going on really but that's yeah. that's what's driving it. Yeah. Um, the lyrics are unambiguous. It's uh, anti-neoliberalism. It's kind of in the beginning of the Blair era here. Yeah. I think. Was Clinton running the show across the pond at, uh, at this time? Um, yeah, Clinton. It may be the end of George. I don't know. People get held up a bit too much on US George. politics, don't you think, in this country? Mm. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, well. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back to that maybe after the, after um, no, or, or, after the next few weeks have passed. <laughs> Who knows? Or maybe we'll leave the politics well it's alone. Be a superhero, man. No. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, but this, yeah, as you say, it's, it's coming off that kind of. Do you think this was like kind of a reaction to people like Noel Gallagher cozying up to Tony Blair and stuff like that? And Could have been. Could have been. That's something I'd never thought about. But yeah. I mean, that kind of turned my stomach at the time, I must say. Mm. Um, be it whichever political party it would have been, didn't really make a difference, but just that the, I don't know, the, the principal songwriter of possibly 
definitely the biggest band in Britain at the time was Cozy and up to like the PM. The PM. Man, yeah. come on. There's nothing less cool Not than that. Not very rock and roll, is it? I There's mean. nothing less cool than that. Yeah. But yeah, sung, yes. Yeah. Um, Not your favourite, I'm guessing. From One thing I'll take from this song, if you kind of listen to the end. Yeah. And I was trying to dig out some positives from this and something, mm-hmm. again, that I'd never kind of thought of before. But if you go through this, there's not an unsatisfied end to a track on this album. No. Some tracks will kind of um, will fade out. Yeah, yeah. Some tracks will burn out. Is it better to burn out than to fade away? I don't know, good. Um, but I think every track on this album ends logically, ends at a sat- ends at the, the yeah. logical closure point, which we mm-hmm. all know the third Lord of the Rings didn't. <laughs> <laughs> not the 25 endings that followed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think this track does that I think there is pretty decent but with regards to kind of Fitter Happier which was the previous track and Electioneering which is this track mm-hmm. if you're pushing me to make changes I know you've talked a bit about reordering mm. and I don't necessarily disagree with that if you're talking about what we're going to do what I'm going to talk about now mm-hmm. is we'll go back to Exit Music yeah. and that was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack mm-hmm. so was Talk Show Host yeah. which is a fantastic track I absolutely love Talk Show Host I, I think, think I've it, heard it I think it would fit in beautifully to this album I think it would fit in perfectly not necessarily here Yeah. so some reordering would be required um, as I said before there's a lot of tracks cov- uh, recorded around these kind of sessions um, that are very, very strong. Not really thinking of any in particular that I would put above Talk Show Host. Uh-huh. Maybe if you just slip Talk Show Host onto this album, move the election here and fit a happier, because they're both quite short tracks. Yeah. If you'd have moved them out to make way for um, Talk Show Host, get it in here. Is Talk Show Host like a, an upbeat Kind oh, no. of no, no. I, th- I see I, the opposite. T- t- to me, that's probably why Electioneering's in because it, yeah. it is different to the stuff around it. Yeah, on the album. yeah. I'll get that. I'm not saying it would have. I'm absolutely 100 percent certain mm. it would have made this album even better than mm. it already is to my eyes and ears. But I'd be willing to have a bit of a mess around on yeah, Spotify and on see it, if yeah. I can <laughs> see if I can do that. That's the see joy if, of that kind of thing yeah. now, isn't it? That you can do yeah. that. See if I can produce a better album than Nigel Godrich did. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. If one thing may have elevated this album to greater heights than it already yeah. is, fitter, happier and electioneering out, talk show hosting, how the People track listing would have facilitated that. I can't say with any certainty at the moment, but maybe it would. Maybe it wouldn't. Try it, man. Try it on your. Try it at uh, home. Try it on your journey to uh, to work. <laughs> Play side B. Okay, so um, we're into the home stretch now. Climbing Up The Walls is the next track, track nine. Now, I'll be honest, I can't remember what this sounds like, but I've written on my notes in brackets, this is why it's not the best album ever. <laughs> so we'll, uh, we'll listen to it from that. Thank you. 
after the Pink Floyd thing they could have extended that intro for about like uh, a minute or two couldn't they I'll listen to criticisms that the uh, the intro is a bit truncated and comes a bit out of nowhere yeah, yeah I d- this song's just it's kind of just there for me I'll go back to the is this, is this something different again a, a bit, I will give you that but I don't know man I kind of had to get a bit back into this and I think the reason for that was Again, I was getting into bootlegs around this time and they did a lot of remixes of this track in particular. And in my mind, I'd built up this track as being a lot more electronically enhanced and a bit mm. more... Um, you kind of hark back to the vocals in Fitter Happier, which... Uh, yeah. Like more around it, more yeah, production kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'd kind of... When I listened back to this album recently, I was surprised how minimalist this track is. Yeah. based on what I've built up myself. Um, it really kicks in about three minutes, ten seconds. Love the strings on it. And it's... What song did I say about previously where it was let down, where the instrumentation kind of matches the lyrics and how that must be hard to pull off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This whole thing creates like a sphere of there's existential dread to me. And the closest <laughs> thing I can kind of put to it is... Um, do you remember the cold turkey scene in Train Spotting where Hugh <laughs> yeah. McGregor's on his own in his room? <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. this is like the low moments of that, the less frantic moments within his head and that dread kind of creeping in. And this is kind of like the musical representation of that. That would be a very yeah. fitting, yeah, that would be a very yeah. fitting soundtrack to that kind yeah. of thing, yeah. It's foreboding. It's, it's anxiety on record, mm. isn't it? Mm. And yeah, I think it fits. Again, first listen back, it was a bit like, this wasn't how I remembered it mm-hmm. for the reasons we've talked about. But, um, yeah, I think it fits in nicely. Yeah, we'll, we'll hit that from, what did you say, about three minutes ten? About yeah? three ten. Hang on, just before that. Business picks up. Yeah, it does actually. Okay, I'll, I'll. I can be one over on that. As you say, it is very. Um, I think the word you used was foreboding. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot definitely existential dread going on. Yeah, it's got a lot of um, lot of looming stuff. Yeah, around it. That, that's that's yeah. Okay. Okay, so it's better than I was originally giving it credit for when I, when I labelled this as the point why it wasn't the best album ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, There's hope. Yeah, yeah. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> uh, next track. This is obviously the the other. Oh crap! 
the other the other big single. Beach Boys tie-in. There's a Beach Boys tie-in to the music, isn't there? Oh. Do, you, do you not? Do you know that? Have you, have you got no. that in your notes? No, hit me with it. I wish I, I can't remember, man. I'll, let me Google while you talk. Go on. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, well. This is the point where you reel off, reel off a list of tracks and really show my ignorance here, because you glockenspiel and an acoustic guitar. It's like the man who invented or who discovered the combination of chocolate and peanut butter. Who knew they went together? <laughs> I've got a new one for you. Um, what was it? Mayonnaise and applesauce. <laughs> That's oh. a good one for you. Trust makes sense, shit. But it's on good. what? <laughs> on anything, like a cheese sandwich. On a cheese sandwich, cheese, mayo, applesauce. and applesauce. Yeah. Okay, I'll have mayonnaise on my cheese sandwich. Have you ever tried mayonnaise <laughs> and barbecue sauce on your chippy tea? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. There's no going back. There's no going back after you've put those two together. Oh. Spectacular. Yeah. Um, the glockenspiel on this, it's, it's almost like... A mobile over a baby's cot. Yes. And then yeah. you juxtapose that with like the world weary vocals and the lyrical content. It's such an incredible juxtaposition. Mm. It's just fantastic. I mean, the lyrics, the no alarms and no surprises. It's almost like a blissful ignorance of yes. the world around you. And that kind of fits in with the whole thing. Going back to Karma Police, you've got the line, We're still on. We've I've given all I can, but we're still on the payroll. And with this, it's like a job that slowly kills you, bruises that won't heal. It's like that whole slave to the wage, going through the motions thing. Yeah, it kind yeah, of fits yeah. in perfectly. There's so much lyrical gravitas in this one. There's a few things uh, that you can relate to more or interpret differently as you get older. Um, I think in the last couple of years or so, I listened back to this track and there were a few things that kind of hit home more than they ever had before, more than they definitely would when we were like 16, 17, 18. Yes, 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 yes. Well, I'm not going to elaborate on this too much because I don't want to throw myself <laughs> under the bus with too many people. Not the wife. I hasten to add. Was, no, yeah. no. It's a simple, uncomplicated melody, and I think that's its strength, ultimately. Love the song. It's, I could um, go on about this song all night. Okay, it, and, it, it says it says that it, it was arranged to resemble the classic Beach Boys song. Wouldn't it be nice? Now I'm not hearing that. So that sounds like this. Maybe that slowed down. I don't know. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think no. whoever said that's stretching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. But no, apparently that's them. That's that's them. They're like saying um, they, they wanted it to resemble. Wouldn't it be nice? Apparently let down is, is meant to be reminiscent of some kind of Phil Spector um, produced song. Yeah, sorry. I was talking way off mic then. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, no surprises. Good song. <laughs> The, the the video as well, apparently it was filmed in one take, you know, it fills up and goes down. Oh, really? I'll... Okay, so it was filmed in one take, yeah. but when it reaches the certain point, like above where it can breathe, yeah. it's um, sped up, basically, then, or yeah. slowed down, whichever one. Yeah. So that it can... Probably slowed down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah slowed down, man, if I hit this mic one more time. Yeah. The uh, three main videos on this are worth YouTubing, if you've never seen them Yes, before. definitely, 100%. 100%. That would be Paranoid Android, Karma Police, and this song. Yeah, Karma Police... I'm sure Karma Police was the one that won like lots of awards for the video, but to me it was just like a lesser of the th- of the three. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought so. Uh, right, next track. Let's go. Now this one, this was the one that was recorded a long, well, a fair bit before the album, wasn't it? Was it for a charity album or something yeah, like that? Yeah. Um, for was it for like War Child or yeah I think they wrote something. this and Subterranean Homesick Alien a long time before they wrote the rest of the album okay 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 so uh, yeah this is lucky I'm on a road I'm on a road this The bit just that we've heard is definitely the something that, that's most like something on the bends, this kind of yeah. uh, melody. But then when it kicks in to the chorus as such, yeah, once again I'm getting like the Floyd kind of vibe again. Definitely. Is that nice? It's that guitar. Yeah. It's very... What's the... It's got a bit of shine on you, Crazy Diamond kind of vibe going on it's there. It's got, yeah, it, it just sort of, it was Radiohead in the album before, and then it sort of just, boom, goes into a, a much bigger sound. What's breathe on Dark Side? Yeah, I don't know the track names, I must yeah. say, I, I, I listened to it this week. Yeah. but It's the curse of the Spotify era, isn't it? You just, you don't look at track names, it you just, haven't got It's an tangible. incredibly um, instrumental album, isn't it, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Christ, what's what's the one um, with the, the all the alarms going off? Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. What wh- whatever that track is. Oh my God, I was like reaching for the, the volume. That goes on just a little bit too yeah. long. I can imagine that's very much your headphones on, lying down by yourself somewhere. That was when it resonated album. with me. I was I was at my dad's and I was on his sofa. I can't remember <laughs> if I was ill. Or if I was pissed. Yeah. But I would say if you were pissed or under the influence of some kind of substance, that's probably your ideal oh, fluid. That's when that album really <laughs> struck a chord. Hence why um, you, you get like bands like the uh, like the Australian Pink Floyd now, don't you, at festivals all the while? They, I think they fill arenas, don't they? Yeah, they? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Fair play, you know what I mean? Yeah. Roger Waters' last solo album was pretty decent. Oh, was it? It's better than anything Floyd have done since. I listened to that, and and I have previously listened to The Wall, um, and like, you know, odd little bits here and there. 
but that's the first time this week that I've really mm. just I had nowhere to go. I was driving yeah. for like three hours, so yeah. I was listening Next to time that. you do that, give uh, Wish You Were Here a, a crack. Okay, yeah. 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 It's like The Wall, number four at best. Oh, oh, number four album of theirs. Of theirs, definitely. Did Did you ever hear the, um, the oh Christ, is it Salt and Pepper, Pink Floyd version of the... Um, oh. oh, Brick in the Wall? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, I'll try and find that. Oh, let's, you've got to put that in in post, no, if I'll, not now. I'll try and find it now. Um, stop hitting the thing. It's this new gear. Yeah, I know it is. I can't get used to this new gear. Yeah. Um, giddy up. It's a very impressive rig, by the way. Yeah, well, you know, I could I could For spend anyone more. without the benefit of uh, visuals. Yeah. Let's try this. I feel like an idiot for asking this question, but is this a genuine collaboration or is this something someone's just spliced together? Now, I always thought that it was because I can remember it being played on MTV. Okay. There was a video to it. But I don't know if it was in that era, you know what I mean, when mashups were yeah. a bit of a thing. Because the the video on YouTube is a guy riding a pig. Okay. <laughs> Which I don't know. I yeah. Get it off. yeah. I'm gonna say a third party's mashed this together, but Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But uh, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> as as we were doing. Um where were we? Lucky? Yeah, lucky, yeah, it's alright. I like it. It's a it's, it's a it's a it's a six or a seven out of ten for me. Yeah, the bridge into the crescendo, mm-hmm. about three twenty, mm. pretty magical mm. for me. A lot again with the juxtaposition of the music and the lyrics in. Um, I do love that word juxtaposition. I do. I do. Mm. I know. I love that word. I love every it. chance I can get. <laughs> You've got to try and get it in on every pod with every guest. <laughs> I was trying for zeitgeist. <laughs> <laughs> You need to introduce some kind of drinking game, some kind of shot drinking game. <laughs> you watch the downloads go through the roof. If you get zeitgeist juxtaposition, yeah. You can, uh, you can set the rules out in the there comments. Was, there was one, actually. Um, I can't remember the word now, actually. You said it a couple of times on, on our last one, and it was in quick succession. You notice your own Tourette, don't you, when you're oh, listening back? Oh. I've, said, I've said before on this, the amount of time I'll say, da 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 yeah. Yeah, like put yes at the end of sentences. Number of times I said absolutely last time to something. Absolutely. Say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> oh God. Um, just a, just a quick one before you you carry on or we hit the last the last track on this. One thing I noticed: this was uh, a reviewer in Melody Maker. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he gave this to Kid Eye. Uh, and this is just a, a quote completely by Mark Beaumont. He was a writer of Melody Maker, or maybe still be. He says, These days, Kid A is regarded as a boundary-breaking masterwork. But back in 2000, it had some pretty snitty reviews. Mark Beaumont, in Melody Maker, gave it 1.5 out of 5. 
calling it tubby, ostentatious, self-congratulatory. Self-congratulatory. Look, Ma, I can suck my own cock, whiny old rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) The man's a wordsmith, if nothing else. I couldn't quite get it out. Easy for me to say. Did you ever read Marina Hyde in The Guardian? Not knowingly. Oh, that woman can put together a scathing put down, whether you agree with her uh, <laughs> a position or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Mikey of the Marina Hyde of music journalism. Oh, God. We need to copy and paste that and use <laughs> it in some I'll, other I'll context. I'll post that as the, um, the, the promo for this, oh. um, for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> right, you want to hit the last it's track? It's black over Mike's mother's. <laughs> you are, He's the new bard. It's, it's the new bard. Phenomenon. <laughs> right, last track, The Tourist. the the little vocal hook in this but uh but yeah is what, that the hey man slow down idiot slow down <laughs> it's um it's a good closer well you said in the last part and I agreed mm. um even if I didn't express it at the time you like your down tempo melancholy yeah. album closer yeah, yeah. I, I think so you either go one way or the other yeah. yeah and this fits the bill yeah this fits the bill perfectly it fits the bill thematically it's you kind of start with the vehicular theme uh, but technology as well and the refrain in this okay. you can kind and of go the, the same yeah. way it's like yeah. the technology is great and the refrain in this is um Hey man, slow down, idiot, slow down. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. like technology taking over? Is that the pace of modern life? It's like the old Ferris Bueller proverb, life moves pretty fast. <laughs> and if you don't slow down and take a look, you're going to miss it. It's kind of, uh, it kind of resonates in that way. <laughs> did you watch Giant Silent Bob after last? I didn't. No, I didn't. go back and watch it tomorrow. I've been rinsing Better Call Saul ever since then. <laughs> And I noticed in the last pod with Sai, yeah, you, you you guys went too up on uh, Breaking Bad. Um, yeah, he, I don't think he liked it. I tried to give it a go. I, I definitely got to, I don't know, probably only about halfway through the second episode. Oh, and I just oh. find I just found everyone a bit unlikable and Philistine, Philistine. <laughs> it's this is going to sound draconian. I, I got into I got into Good Girls instead. I think I said at the time. I'm not familiar with that, but. Uh, <laughs> Think we're breaking, but oh, it's it takes until about halfway through season three to kick into gear. Okay, but it pays off. That's a hell of an investment. Oh, it pays off. Oh, come on. But it it pays off in spades, and then honestly, it peaks in series five, the last series. It peaks at the end. I mean, I I can say that like Friends doesn't really get up there until later on into it, but I don't know. Would you? You are. Would you? 
Well, what year? Would you say it doesn't oh, peak would, until later no, on? No, I would say Friends like really doesn't take off until Series 4. Really? Yeah. I would think, look, hey, everything is fine. Yeah, or more than fine. Oh. But I would say 4 is where it like steps up a notch. I'd say later seasons it... Um it kind of relies on the character traits and your investments Later in the characters. Ones, yeah. I would say four, yeah. four and five. Series five. Yeah, around the point where everyone knows that Monica and Chandler are together yeah. and everything. Then, yeah, I, I agree. It does rely on the... But especially Ross becomes really a parody of himself. But, yeah, they but, all do. But they a, all do. Joey was never that stupid in the uh, beginning. He wasn't in the very beginning, but he, he definitely... Yes. <laughs> Monica was never that neurotic. <laughs> well, people change over time. If you yeah. if you look into that, it's, it's ten years of oh. think of yourself ten years ago or ten years before that. Oh. Yeah, we could drink a lot more than we can now. <laughs> <laughs> we're kind of coming full circle here, but yeah, it's it's we're ashamed of ourselves. Yeah. Anything more about the tourist? Um, I can't believe they play this one live. Yeah, it's not what I'd be hankering for live. Again, it's a nice closer. We yeah. like our melancholy yeah. closers. Yeah. Not a lot of lyrics going on here. It's no. kind of driven by the instrumentation. Yeah. Kind of reverby and gentle. Love the outro. The, the symbol's really prominent the very, over the, the bass. The very end, yeah. Yeah. And then the last, it's actually a triangle. The very last instrument on the album is just a single strike of a triangle. Oh, really? And it's just, it's so nice. That's something else I liked about, we didn't really get into Lucky a great deal. We kind of went <laughs> off piste. But it's kind of, you've got the big hook and the refrain there. We're standing on the edge. And you kind of expect that to be the end. And it is. So it doesn't let you down. It, it doesn't end on a traditional um, note, does it really? No. Is it? I oh, know, actually, we've got about like 10. 15 seconds before you get your little triangle. I'll leave it playing in the background. Oh, there it was. Yep. As if by magic, yeah, yeah, the shopkeeper yeah. appeared. <laughs> um, just just before we, we, we wrap up on, on, on that album, um, overall, where do you place OK Computer in the Radiohead albums for you? Okay. It could be sort of the time of my life that it landed mm -hmm. and the fact that I'd heard nothing like things like Paranoid, Paranoid Android, Android before and the fact that you had the instantaneous hooks, the likes of Karma Police in yeah. there. Um, Would you think that Karma Police is, is a better hooky song, a better slow song for want of a better description than uh, Fight Plastic Trees? On its own merits, probably not. Mm. In the context of this album, it just works. Mm. And I think that's mm. kind of like my, my absolute final note on this album is everything here standalone may not be in the top echelons of their discography, but mm. just together as a collective in ways that you'd struggle to describe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just works. Yeah. It's it's a hard one for me because I'm, I'm not... Uh, up on anything after this, really, apart from literally about three tracks. So yeah, I, you know, I'm not the target audience. Yeah, you 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 placing this as the the top, the top Radiohead album. Yeah, I just think it's the perfect mix of the hooks of the bends and the atmospherics afterwards. Mm -hmm. Like I say, the dystopian theme of the lyrics throughout, and it's 
they match in the music, which I can't even begin to contemplate how they managed to pull that off. It's definitely but, a, a, a thingy album, isn't it? Um, a, definitely a concept album of sorts. Yeah, 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 yeah. But by the same token, you wouldn't be surprised if, I think I hop back to it earlier, if you were to explain your interpretation of all this and they would say, yeah, that's interesting, you're completely wrong. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. It's yes, one of those. It, definitely. It, it leaves it so open to interpretation. Purposely so, as well, I would say, in, yeah. in a lot of cases. Definitely. Yeah. It's it's number one in the discography for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the launch pad for them to go on to sort of the artistic preeminence that they've kind of achieved since. I think we talked on the aborted take uh-huh. about how uh, you and Si talked on the previous pod about um, the monetization of material, yes. specifically due to MTV. Yeah, yeah, Actually, yeah. I don't have the level of insight that uh, mm-hmm. somebody who's put some put recordings out there mm-hmm. for monetization like Sai has. Mm-hmm. Um, but with regards to a band like Radiohead, they're in a position there where there's the Radiohead Public Library available online where you can basically access everything they've ever done. Any old Herbert can get in there f- for no pounds and no pence yeah. and just access all of this stuff. And they're in a position where they can do that that's a measure of success for me. Well, I think I don't know how they managed to do it, but they seem to be like one of one of only a few bands really who are allowed to have carte blanche of what they do and what yeah. they put out. Kind of say a Zeppelin again, yeah. like, like at a really young age, the deal they signed with their uh, labels just afforded them so much. Uh, so much freedom to do what yeah. they wanted. They call the shots. Yeah, they absolutely call the shots. I think we hop back to uh, In Rainbows that they mm. released that basically with no fanfare mm. online and said, here you go, pay what you want. Yeah, and it's, yeah, yeah. for me, it's the second best best album that they've uh, mm. they've produced behind this one. If you were going to, I'm not going to play them now, but just a couple of tracks out there for people to listen to on later albums. What's two or three? Ooh. Two or three tracks just to, you know. To sort of get a bit of a a feel of what's going on. A feel of what's going on. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting question. Maybe they're there off um, Hail to the Thief. Okay. Um, is Mixomatosis on that album? I don't know. That's a personal favourite. There's kind kind of a lot going on yeah, in both yeah, of yeah. those tracks. Yeah. They're there. I think I've heard they're there. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, yeah. How to the thief? How to the thief is um, is that the the last but one? That is the one after Amnesiac. Okay, okay. Between yeah. Amnesiac and In Rainbows, unless yeah, I'm yeah. missing something really obvious there. Mm. I kind of fell out with Radiohead a little bit after Kid A, mm. to the point where I didn't come back to them for five or six years. Okay. I kind of fell down the uh, again the Karag Metal Hammer um, yeah. rabbit hole. <laughs> is Metal Hammer still going? Yeah, I think so. Is it? Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> they never embraced new metal the way um, the way Kerrang did. A metal hammer? No, no, mm. no. They just yeah. They stuck to their guns. Didn't they? <laughs> stuck to their guns. <laughs> Took a hole and stain in it. I think I may have bought uh, an issue of Metal Hammer when he had a Skid Row uh, interview in around '94-ish. <laughs> Customer Skid Row reference as well. Uh, they stuck to their LA guns. <laughs> <laughs> boom! Boom! <laughs> um, Come for the old music, stay for the dated puns. Yes, indeed. So overall, Radiohead, OK Computer, subjectively or objectively, hit me. You know what I'm going to do? No, don't. <laughs> <laughs>
don't, you know what don't, I'm do? don't do that because that's just going to be silly. Go on. Okay. Subjectively, ten. <sighs> Objectively, nine. Okay. Oh man. I... Now here's the dichotomy ten. here because you know what a cantankerous old. I know. Moaning face, nitpicking, toss pot, <laughs> I really am. And you're hitting me with all this stuff that's so pivotal uh, in my cultural development lifespan. Yeah, You've got to hit me with something I hate. We've got to, we've got to get a bit of balance here. <laughs> well, I think the best album of all time is, um, no, I can't say it, yeah. We've kind of covered, in fairness, across two podcasts, we've kind yeah. of covered in one form or another, my all-time top three subjectively. No way, we actually have, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Was, it, there's the album we're talking about now. Yeah. Um, there's Verses, yeah. which we kind of wrote off because there was nothing to talk about other than yeah. this, there is, is, there is plenty this to is talk amazing. About. Definitely and you've brought up Disintegration yeah. today, which yeah. is... Oh, is this in, you'd put disintegration yeah. up in your now, right? Oh, okay. absolutely. That's quite that's rather inadvertent. I, I did think when I was listening to it, I thought, oh, I'll bet Boyd likes this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. I'd, okay, computer. I'll. I don't know. I'm gonna. I I feel like I I'm always saying the same thing. I gave Vitality seven out of ten. I gave Metallica Black seven out of ten. I'm giving Okay Computer seven out of ten. Just some fantastic high moments on it. Every time I will give it this. Every time I listen to it, there's a little layer more and a little something else. So I would, I would definitely recommend repeated listening to Did it. Did you say you didn't really get into it until like five to seven? Well, give it a fair chance until five to seven years after it came yeah, out. Yeah, maybe that's the difference. That's kind mm. of what I'm clinging to here. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And of course, there's another aspect to this, and this is something else I was thinking about. Um, kind of harks back to my tape buying. Mm. Now, this was the first album that I ever repeat purchased when I thought, right, I'm going with CDs all the way. Yeah. This is the, the first album that I had on tape yeah, that yeah, I bought yeah. on CD. Everything yeah. else was fresh new purchases. And I think something that we've lost in the Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer kind of age is that, especially when we were like late teens, early 20s, mid-teens, mm-hmm. you were on a finite income then. Oh, and yeah. when you invested... yes. In music, yeah. you kind of gave it that leeway. Yeah. You gave it that extra listen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, kind yeah. of looked to pull those things. You would have kind of wanted to justify your investment in a way. Music wasn't so disposable. So you're like, right, I've paid money for this. It's going to be good. <laughs> and that's that gone, never to return. That's quite true. It's kind of like, um, you know, you see, I've seen online a uh, place, God, we're going to go on a tangent here, um, people who advertise these kind of spirituality find yourself um, retreats and okay. they cost like between three and five thousand pounds to go for like I don't know three or four nights. Yeah, and there's no way that you're laying down that kind of money and you're coming back from it and going, "No, that was shit. They weren't worth it." If you're laying down that kind of money, oh yeah, it was fantastic, absolutely yeah. fantastic. Talk when it was an absolutely fantastic weekend. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you just reminded me. I never asked you before, what was your shoot first album that you ever bought? My shoot first album? Not my cafe no, first not, album. Not your work first album. Oh, The shoot one. First album. A lot of singles. Yeah. Yes, I bought a lot of singles and they were all jacko been, and stuff yeah. like that. Would have been vinyl. Yeah. See, I never bought I'm, an album on vinyl. I'm going to say, if it's not the absolute first one, which I think it is, it's in the first couple. Mm-hmm. So, Kick by In Excess. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kick by NXS. Yeah. Which has come oh, <laughs> I might save this for another one, but Kick from NXS has got an absolutely fantastic song on it. Um, but this, you'll recognise it, but it's slightly very different. Give it a second. There's a lot going on there. sort of skips the beat and goes in then. Don't ask me. But this is a chewer. You know isn't that a chew? Have you ever heard that intro? What's going on there? I'm too old to change. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. <laughs> I believe it's just the um it's it's the, the video version and it had an extended intro. Yeah. The video's in Prague, isn't it? Oh, God knows. Yeah, that's by the... Uh, what's the... Re- I've been there. I was there on my 30th. This this baseline, yeah. <laughs> the highlight of that album. <laughs> no, the, the highlight... You know what the real highlight highlight is? Um, did you like it in excess? Obviously, to get their album. Well, <laughs> you've got well, a factor age in here. Yeah. What you're talking, um, 80, this has got to be 88, 89, hasn't it? 87, 87. Yeah. Yeah. He's a good looking bloke, then, wasn't he? Um, hang on, let me skip it. This bit. Yeah. You like a, you like a solo, do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ooh. so ancient. <laughs> Is he even playing it? Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Go to Prague. You are. Actually, don't because um, <laughs> because the locals are backlashing against the tourism now. Oh, are they really? Yeah. Apparently, Barcelona is the same. I it's, don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it, it's not sitting too well with the residents. <laughs> they, um, the levels of tourism these places. Tourism, why? We don't need <laughs> your money. They kind of do, but you know. <laughs> um, yeah, right. I think we're done here. Good times, great yes, memories. Good times, great memories. We'll we'll speak again and reconvene about another one. Um, have you given any thought to a to a play out song? I have. Oh, have um, you? Yeah, I kind of wanted to keep it on topic, and I had a couple mm-hmm. of ideas. And I can't pick between them, so... I don't think you, you'll beat Never Tear Us Apart, but yeah. Well, you haven't had a choice yet, have you? So I'm going to give you the choice between <sighs> these two. Because okay. I wanted to keep it on topic. Yeah. So I wanted to either go a little bit poignant... Yes. ...or a little bit whimsical. Okay. So it depends what you prefer. So if you wanted to go poignant... Yeah. Um, Fire at me and I'll pick. Yeah. We've talked about our mutual love for a down-tempo 
kind of fade out yeah. melancholic closer. Uh-huh. So um, in tribute to the 90s, which was a pivotal year, a uh, decade for us both, mm-hmm. and in tribute to Exit Music for a film, Okay, kind of thought maybe Coconut by Harry Nilsson, which is the um, closing track to, uh, plays over the credits to Reservoir Dogs. Oh, okay. yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. I didn't know what that was until yeah. you said, yeah. Or if you wanted to go, ah, I told you to uh, hold a thought earlier on. This yes. is when this came to be. Um, if you wanted to go a bit more whimsical, um, Radiohead, as you mentioned, their original name was On a Friday. Yes. And we're recording this on a Friday. We are recording it on a Friday. And you tend to release the episodes on a Friday. Yes. So how about Friday by Rebecca Black? Yeah. <laughs> That's a fantastic one. That's absolutely. You've made your choice, haven't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. Right, we'll have a bit of that. Um, here we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Nice one, Boyd, and that's a really good pick. Yeah? Are you liking it? I'm glad you're liking it. Yeah, no, I am. <laughs> you got me there. Big love to Rebecca. Here goes for the chorus. Gotta get down. Weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday, getting down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward Right, yeah, thank you very much. Nice one to Boyd. I hope everybody learned something. If they, yeah, learned something, listen to the album. Give it a bit of a listen. Make your own decisions. Um, and enjoy better Rebecca Black. Catch you later. Bye. Think about fun. You know.